remember setting goals to say I want to sign the Cage Warriors. That was a dream come true, and I'm not stopping setting goals until I complete them all. You know, so like I said, like the UFC will happen maybe this year. I think I'll be a world champion this year. You know, I'm pretty confident of that. I think there's a possibility that I'll sign to the UFC this year as well, and then um, pursue greatness. That was James Webb, and welcome back to another edition of the Harris Health and Mind podcast. Welcome back to Harris Health and Mind podcast. Super excited about having my guest on today. Um, known this guy for about 19 years. He um, is someone who is slightly different probably to most of your typical athletes he's gone through i guess a lot of a transition between um younger days of maybe potentially wanting to be a a professional footballer and advanced into um, professional um mma and he's got big things on the horizon so um welcome james webb cheers ricey boy good to be on yeah it's good to have you mate super excited um i know obviously you spoke about having you on for a while um for those who don't really know much about yourself um give us a little bit of backstory and um tell everyone who you are um yeah so backstory jesus well we all grew up in this town didn't we yeah me and you did uh yeah just like you said football from a very young age played played with your brother um and then um you sort of uh, come to that realization that we're going to talk about i suppose later on you know where where you go in life and for me, football stopped sort of serving a purpose, um, and I wasn't really enjoying it anymore. Um, and then I found uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and from there I started to progress. So I then went into kickboxing and fought professional kickboxing, and then started to win titles within the Jiu-Jitsu community. You know, I started winning like locally, and then um, like won an English title, and then won a British title, and. Then started to fight MMA and um, again I was a little bit naive with the MMA. Never really trained for it like I do now. Uh, trained very differently. Um, and here I am, a few years later, um, knocking people out, submitting people. Fourteenth <laughs> in Europe, ranked. Uh, yeah, so some exciting times ahead. Definitely. Yeah. Talk about um, how it was when you were younger. Um, probably from I'd say what seven eight starting football um what was that transition like from um when you was at Cole united maybe as most of us as young boys probably had that dream of becoming a professional to um then sort of getting released from Cole united was that like you said the point where you fell out of love with football or oh yeah definitely that that played a big um big part of it you know i remember when i got released i found it very hard to even want to play again, you know, I, I remember thinking I wasn't going to play, and then I started just, like, playing with friends, um, in a, in a team with my friends, you know, um, yeah. and then it just took a few more years to enjoy it again, and then I thought, oh, I will play some men's football, but then that just, like, sort of come and go, and I was out of it, you know, um, let's get that over there, that's going to make some noise, nah, right. so it just come and go on for me, and, um, once you fall out of love with anything, it's done, it's mm. over, you know, and um, it'll be the same with fighting. Like I, I, I know I'll go on and coach, have my own academies and so on. But as soon as I fall out of love with fighting, that's it. It's over. Yeah, you know, it's time to call it a day. It's something that 
any sports has to be uh, performed at your best you know and if you're not giving it you're all uh, whether it be football or fighting you're, you're not doing the right thing for your team and in fighting you're probably going to get yourself hurt so um, yeah yeah it comes to being time to call it a day get out um, and then I found it fairly easy to transition into another sport you know um, mm. like I started off with grappling like I said like it was a it, it was more just of a, an interest to see what it's like you know like I wanted to you know everyone as a kid wrestles yeah you know everyone loves that bundles and the rocks the, mankind yeah, do you know what I mean <laughs> I remember coming actually you <laughs> yeah. there probably had a belt or two flying yeah. that so look that's like that's in us all as kids yeah and it was just a bit of a an interest to see where that could go and you know I didn't plan on this never you know but like a, you come from that background where you you do you know you've worked from a young kid on your fitness and developing some sort of skills like and you know football as well like I don't feel like football is like the most athletic sport I know you can you can naturally be fast and agile and this and that but I believe footballers really are talented footballers do you know what I mean there's no mistake there I don't think there's any like you you have to be good at football to play Mm. at a good level don't you You know yeah of course you know um, different assets can help but I don't believe if you're like naturally fast and you know strong if you can't control a football you're not going to be playing at a top level no um, but yeah I I feel like the, the, the the youth and the childhood I had growing up being sporty, I, when we was at school, I used to then like enjoy playing other sports, rugby. I wasn't very good at like basketball stuff like that. Never, I wasn't very good at the hand sports actually, which is weird uh, now. Now you're knocking people the hand and eye coordination. Yeah, I wasn't very good at that, but um, again, that's just another skill to like learn. Um, but yeah, I believe that helped with a uh, with coming into another sport, like transitioning sport to sport, is a lot easier than being like a guy who did nothing and then thought, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do this now, you know? Mm. And like I said, I never set many targets. Like, setting targets was something very new to me. I wish I did it as a kid. I believe if I knew about the stuff I knew now, I could have not necessarily even make it in any of the sports, but you'd, you'd, you'd deal with things better, but yeah. you also, like, push yourself harder, you know? So when you talk about setting targets as a kid, what, um, and you say you wish you would have done it when you were a kid, what would you give to young people starting out or even ones that are just getting into the sport now what can you give people um, tips or tricks to uh, maybe set targets or maybe set visions that they might want to achieve in the future it's got to be the the work ethic yeah like there's no um, there's no easy road to success and there's there's setbacks I read a book um, called Resilience I say read audio book I, I got hundreds of audio books that I listen to mindset got like all, everything to do with like it's life like, bad things happen yeah and it's how you like get through them it's not about bouncing back bouncing back doesn't exist bouncing back means you go back to being that same person that it happened to so you know, if you you know if if you're trying to start start out in the sport and you're young, if you're anything under sixteen, like you have to know that failure will happen, mm-hmm. rejection will happen, but it's what you do after that and steps you take determines the six months after, the year after, etc. You know, so you have to be aware of the setbacks. Um, 
and know that that's part of success. That really is. Like yeah. if, you, if no one's successful didn't have a setback. No one just made it. Yeah. No one. There's always like that, that rejection and that injury and you know that you know your, your parents don't have the way to get you to train and you you know like I don't know. There's always some sort of setback and you have to like find that way through. And also like the, in the work ethic way, like whatever sport you're in and want to like want to go into there's always other things you can do to help that like you know you can play football all day long but you know sometimes it doesn't improve your fitness you like everyone knows like if you're just playing football you just do enough to get by maybe you but know you get you get fit in that aspect don't you of playing a 90 minute game so if you're um, finish the season you have six months or six weeks or whatever it is if you have an injury and then you get back to training specifically for football like you say you're going to get to a base fitness to cope with 90 minutes yeah, exactly, or to cope with yeah. 30 minutes when you're first coming back but if you can introduce different movement techniques or different fighting Definitely, training yeah. tactics I or whatever I, it is I do believe like um, like the sort of combat like let's just say boxing and kickboxing for, for instance I feel I feel like uh, those sort of workouts you do in them in there can transfer to football quite well like yeah. I think it's um, it's good for explosiveness um, but it gives you like a a steady you know you know what boxing is like it's like a it's a pace mm. and in football you almost walk sometimes you know but if you're that guy that's constantly like just running and then all of a sudden exploding like I think I think it can help, you know. Like I think that other, other sports do help, and obviously going to the gym, like you know, I know, like there's that whole, you know, people go to the gym as chest day Monday, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. fucking for the gram, international chest day Monday. But there's so much you can do within the gym. Like my training in the gym is very different to what I used to think was training in the gym, you know. And the, the training in the in the gym you do is almost like armor for your sport. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's what it is. It's like it's body armor. We see that in um, we see that in rugby, don't we? For instance, it, for a lot of people, even you're seeing like the five foot four guy that his legs are built, his yeah. arms built, his neck is built, but they're they're training specifically to yeah, exactly. be explosive in yeah. whether it's making sure you're strong enough in the scrum um, to push off, making sure that you're explosive to obviously get up, run with the ball and, fifty and yards, to help and with injuries as well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're, you know, like injuries do happen, but if you've got you take if let's say you do do something to your knee if that if your legs stacked with muscle it does make things a lot harder you know mm. like the stronger your muscles are the thicker the ligaments and tendons have to be to deal with it you know so like it, it is like an armor like and don't get me wrong training for a rugby game would be f- like very different to football you know like yeah uh, of course a completely different regime but i just think as a youngster, like you need to do as much as you can. So like that extra homework, almost like you go to school and you do homework to get good and get your grades good. That's what you have to do with your sport. You have to you have to do more. Yeah. Because without doing more, if you just sort of unless you're highly talented, and it does happen, you need to you need to put extra work in. You know, mm. like you really do need to put extra work in. We spoke about this earlier before we came on, um, and you were speaking about some clients that you do extra work with. What do you think like the difference is? between someone who is talented like you spoke about to someone who's potentially not as talented but is doing extra what do you feel like the difference would be when it comes to that crunch time in their particular sport so it doesn't necessarily have to be MMA it could be football boxing rugby basketball I just feel like you 
I mean, we're not even. I'm not. When I I help this this kid, I have I help him. It's not even even for his fight career, or if he has one or doesn't have one. I just think, if he wanted to coach, he now he he he's not like listen. He's not like athletic, but he's let's just not say he wasn't actually talented to pick it up by giving them homework to like sometimes get a technique for me or critique this technique. He's picking up even life skills that he can like see you know like oh this is right this is wrong you know yeah. and, and i'm not saying that's what you know it doesn't get you through life or whatever but by he he get he gets some sort of understanding and i think by looking at something and seeing something's wrong you can then apply it to your game you know like naturally talented people for some reason they don't need to do anything they just get it right and this is right but they don't always make the best coaches and they can't then give that knowledge on you know like you can't if you're naturally talented you can't then pass on talent yeah you can't plus I believe when you get there's always going to be a point in your career no matter how far your talent has taken you there's always going to be a point where something extra will have to come into play so if you've done the extra work whether it's fitness whether it's the homework on an opponent um, that will always I believe will always come in good stead so if you're someone who's you're out there and you think well I don't necessarily have the talent to um get into cage warriors or get into UFC or whatever sport you're, you're into. I think putting that extra work, make sure you're doing your homework, whether it's like you said, technique work, whether it's critiquing, whether it's the extra side of the fitness, yeah. put that in and, and you'll start seeping rewards, but also make sure you're patient with it. Cause it's not going to be something that comes straight away. Never comes overnight. Has to be like, definitely right. You have to put the extra work in, but you also have to have the belief. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's what you need, and that's what I mean. That's why you need parents as a young age to be telling you you can 100%. do it. You know, like you need that. You can do that. You can do this. You can do that. You know, like um, there, I'm sure there's many parents that, and it's not bad parenting, but it probably happens. It's very obviously common now where they'll be, you know, if their kid said something, they'd probably be like you couldn't do that. Hundred, I can guarantee mm. that happens. Probably most parents would be guilty of saying that they've told their kid they can't do something. You know, yeah. Or I think. If you want a kid that believes he can do anything, and, and belief is part of it, yeah, it and needs it, to be the upbringing. And it's even I don't even think it's necessarily the case of saying like you can't do it. I think it's um, like subliminal by saying, "Oh, be careful." Or if the kids said, "Oh, you know, I've been playing football for six, seven years as a kid. I'm, I'm not enjoying it. I want to get into another sport or something like that. Or I'm thinking about taking this up." Sometimes the parents might be like, "Oh, well, you know, you've got to get a bit of balance, or you know, be careful with doing this, or you put in so much time yeah. into it." Like, so there's different ways around them, sort of maybe pushing them away from something. And again, as well. if you go into later life with that same headspace, you know, there's a job, and I want to leave this job. I've been here six, seven years. Yeah. I want to go somewhere else. Ah, oh, but I can't. And you get comfortable as well, yeah, don't you? Do. you? And it, it happens. Yeah, people settle. Um, and there's something I like. I never did. I didn't settle, and I kept. I kept believing, hundred percent. Mm. Always believed, and I think that is the key, really. It's a self belief. If you believe you're destined for something, you'll get there one way or another. Like the law of attraction, some mad thing, you know. I don't just think, oh, I'm gonna be a millionaire. It will come to me. The work ethic has to take you there. Yeah. But I tell myself every day, I'll be a world champion, and um, I'm gonna fight the best guys in the world. I'm gonna fight the best promotions in the world. And I put the work in. I can't yeah. just sit with you, do a podcast, eat a sandwich, and then you know wait do for nothing. Call. Wait for the call. It doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah. You have to put that that work in. They all just like twine together. Like you, you get your sport, you work hard at it, you set your goals, put your head down for a year, and look what mm. happens. And yet my life, like, 
I lost a fight on Cage Warriors in 2017, mid to my first fight with them, and I can't believe where I'm at now. Yeah. Like, and it was after like I read this book, and like I said, it it changed everything for me. It was all about the steps you take every day impact the six months time like in your life. You know, if you wanna, you tell me I'm gonna. Um, I don't know, say something happens, I don't know, you get injured, you mm. know, and then, you know, you're coming back to your rehab, but you want to spend every weekend drinking and eating shit. Yeah. Because nah, that. you're fine, mate. Um, in six months' time, you're not going to be half as good as you was. Mm. You know, if that's your... If, but if you come back and you rehab and you're eating well, you, you avoid that, like, party life, which is okay. Like, I have, like, a... When I'm in a fight camp, it's not on. And outside of a fight camp, I'll have a few drinks and enjoy my time, which everyone should. It's the balance. But um, if you're working hard, in six months' time, that injury's gone and you're back to where you should be, you know? Like, and I think yeah. everyday decisions play a big part of that. You want to you wanna set goals for 2019. We're in the first week of 2019. If you have goals that you want to achieve every day, you need to be working towards them and in a year's time the difference yeah that you can have is what, amazing what tips would you use do you use vision boards do you use <laughs> um you know um meditation as a tool for maybe I thinking think visualization, about visualization yeah 100 that's a great i visualize that i literally was asleep last night i wasn't asleep i was daydreaming my girlfriend's yeah. watching that new you thing have you seen that on netflix nah, yeah, yeah. it's crap <laughs> good recommendation that um, yeah, pass that on us but she's watching that. I'm trying to sleep, and all I'm visualising then is winning, like beating, winning hand raised constantly, mm. you know. And we recently this year, because she's like going into new business ventures too, we actually got ourselves a, a whiteboard. Yeah. So sick. world champion on my hers is gonna be like what she's setting goals. Yeah, of course. And there's something real powerful about seeing something you writ down, yeah. not just on your phone writing something in your own handwriting and seeing that every day there's something mm. very powerful about that you know yeah. and if you're making those right those daily steps towards something you're just you're gonna you're gonna be giving off them vibes and stuff it comes to you man there's yeah, no, it does. There's, i've been believing i'm gonna be a world champion for years and i'm getting to this point where a lot of good stuff's happening to me mm. you know and it's it's down to hard work but it's down to self-belief you know and i believe that i want it and i'll get it you yeah know? Within that, um, like you say, it's the massive power having that visualization and having the board and stuff. Um, sort of talk about um, what happens when you do have a setback. Like you said, obviously you lost your first fight in Cage Warriors. Um, how does that go from uh, maybe thinking about the switch? So sometimes people might go into Cage Warriors, lose their first fight, and think, right fuck it's that's for me you know it's not for me or i'm not good enough or then start having critiques about themselves what did you do that it that was obviously different and managed to propel you into was, where you are uh, now 100 percent like critiquing like i like i again i have a lot of self-belief and i say the most absurdest things about myself and i'll be great and i believe i'll be the greatest mma fighter to come out of this country and um i also critique myself like more than anyone ever will mm. do you know what I mean more than any like hater online can say something I will yeah. always be the worst person um, and so that happens after the loss you know but like I said like I after like listening to this book I switched everything in my head like I always had a strong mindset but it, something that really did stick with me and I've said it twice already I think here is those daily steps you take every day whether it be a good or bad thing it does impact the next six months mm. and I started to take the right steps 
you know i was i had a couple of weeks very down um and then it's it's like what do i do do i do i keep moping about do i want to go out and party because in another six months time that's it that's 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 what will happen that that version of you will be who you are in the future yeah Yeah. do you know what i mean that's what's going to happen that six months you is what you've just given Mm. the last six months you know um so yeah for me it was back into the gym i was back out in ireland i was ready for another fight looking for another fight so um, we were back to training hard i stepped up my strength and conditioning uh, and that was it and then i got my next fight one and then same again I, I i take a week off from there i go back and i train hard again i just get my head down i don't i don't talk uh shit there's a lot of people especially in the mma world it's all about talk and there's a lot of guys that talk the the big talk and we're saying only about the footballers loads of guys that come into the gym and it's actually not in my gym where we train um it's not allowed because it's bollocks but yeah. come in sunglasses on no fancy shoes like this yeah, yeah, like yeah. the fight the fight game is dirty like it's hard it's grindy do you know what I mean? or grimy you have to grind you have to work hard like there's no like there's no real glam to it yet I also mean? i guess there's no givens like because you know if you're a footballer or, or i guess anyone else who's coming in maybe with a massive ego and it's like right I've seen someone on the TV do this. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna try it, and they come in with all their gear on, or go and get the the fanciest gear or whatever it is, and that come in and like, you know, this is from, you know, I'm gonna give it a try, and whatever. Yeah. I'm sure that there's gonna be a few guys in your gym that will that, that does give them happen a quick as well. Realization yeah, well, that's, that. the, that's the great thing about the this like sport is you get humbled very quickly, mm. humbled very quickly, you know. So again, I'm very fortunate. I train out of two gyms, one here and one back in Ireland, where there's not really any of that, you know, and the coaches wouldn't let it happen. No. Do you know what I mean? Egos get left behind. Otherwise, you don't last in it anyway, or you'd be out the door, you know? So, mm. uh, yeah, very fortunate. But, yeah, I'm, I I mean, I'm very fortunate for where I am, to be fair. Like, I, there's no mistake that you get there through that hard work, but I don't know. It's very, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. But everything, like you say, I think happens for a reason. You can't. You know, you can't sort of dwell on, uh, you know, you're lucky for where I am or I've got lucky. I think you put yourself in a, a great position to be in a shop window that yeah. people can see the type of person you are. And probably when they speak to you as well, they know what type of person and character you are, that they know that you're willing to put the work in for a, a massive card or um, yeah. a card that isn't massive. Yeah. I, I guarantee that people can see that you're willing to do the same amount of work for what might be conceived as a smaller card than what yeah, might no, be conceived have, as a, yeah. a massive card. I, I started off like a f- fighting in like um, in little other gyms mm. like almost you know there was no one there but I still worked as hard then as I do now or I work I work very hard now very differently because I'm it's structured very different yeah, of course. but I had that same work ethic you know I had, and if like I, I fought I, I fought for cage warriors and lost, come away and went and fought back locally again here on a, on a very good show, but a much smaller show compared to Cage Warriors. Cage Warriors is the biggest show in Europe. And I went and fought on a show which is just like known in the southeast of England, you know. And I worked my ass off for that. I'd always work hard for whatever the, whatever it was, whatever the fight was, you know. And mm. if like tomorrow I was had the fight in the gym or let's say six months I had the fight in the gym and there was ten people watching I'd still work my ass off do you know what I mean that's how yeah. it is and again I think that can differ in sports different sports you know you get those like you're saying you get those footballers that come down such a level 
maybe the work ethic isn't there anymore, you know, or the work rate. Or we see that in we see it straight away in the FA Cups, can't we? You see yeah. it at teams, professional that, teams do go down what? to clubs where it's it's a shack as a changing room from what they're used to. Yeah. And it's like you know, what, you know, I'm not turning up today, or for whatever reason, mentality yeah. comes into it massively, and it's like, you know, I'm used to having ten yards of space to get my feet all out, ready to change. I've got you know, shoulder to shoulder, knees to knees. I can't get my boots on because I'm cramped. Changing rooms freezing. I've turned yeah. the heating off specifically. All you've got is cold water and a tap. People's heads go, and yeah. you like know. you say, people's mentality switches quickly when it comes to being grimy or comes mm. to being in a humble in position where you have to work harder than oh, what you're yeah. probably used to for a while. And uh, luckily in football, <laughs> you just lose. Yeah. You don't, you don't yeah. really get hurt. Nah. You know, if that happens in in like a in the fighting game, you won't be going to hospital. You know, yeah. so. Um, yeah, I think I think you'll see a lot within fighters like they they know that you know like mm. they know so they know when they're on. Like I know like uh, guys that fought in the UFC, but have also fought on that show down in the southeast of England, like a very good show. You know, and they know they still have to show up because it doesn't matter what that guy guy's level is. If he's got two arms and two legs, he's gonna still swing yeah. at you. You know, and he's it's the risk still. It's slightly, obviously slightly different to football, but like you're saying, it's very much more dangerous. But also, livelihood-wise, those people that are on the cards in South East Essex or wherever, and the UFC guys that are going down there to fight, they almost want their spot, but the UFC guys know that they have to take their chance, otherwise they see that as a loss on their, you know, on their sheet, then... And it looks, great for, the, it looks great for the other guy. Mm. It looks great, yeah. No, no, they have to, because... You know, if you get into the UFC and then they say get released, it's a it's a it's a game, it's a stepping stone game back up. You know, you need to go mm. back on a three or four fight win streak. Prove your prove your worth, you know, and um once you've come out of the UFC I can see it's easy that you you undermine any show, you know, but you you sort of like don't you know, the UFC is like the production and the, the glamour and the, the everything, you know, you're shown around the world and you're 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 known half you're pretty much like you guys get massaged yeah, a bit yeah. more isn't it whereas yeah, people know you everywhere you're mm. signing autographs now you know yeah. so I can I can see how you could almost take your eye off the ball but I think within with a sport like this like and again it's not the it's not the most it's not the it's not a well paid sport at all you mm. know like if you compare money from a a footballer to a, a fighter and I'm pretty I can guarantee fighters have to work a lot harder like they have to train two mm. three times a day you know and so I don't know what a footballer's regime is but I mean what would it be a session a couple of hours in the morning maybe um, during season pre-season maybe two sessions a day yeah. um, but like um, plenty of rest you've got a massage straight away after if you're tight and you know things like that you've got the ice bath spa baths all set up for you you're not doing obviously you're not doing much no. in the professional game in terms of you've got to do stuff for yourself where I presume Obviously, in the fight game, there'll be stuff that you might have to outsource yourself. Yeah. Like if you're getting knocks and bruises, you're going to have to maybe outsource, unless you've got yeah, that in your team, physios. Yeah. And, There's um, a lot you have to outsource. You have to go and find your strength and conditioning guys, you know? You have to find your nutrition. Yeah. Just um, speak about that. How, what, um, in terms of like the nutrition and the strength and conditioning, how did that all come about for you? Uh, I was very fortunate. My coach. Um, Made a very good, like very good contact years back with a guy now that's like very famous for what he does, um, and like they they work with the likes of like Annie Joshua, they mm. work with McGregor, they work with all like the top athletes, footballers. They've got 
they have a contract with Fulham, so Tom Kearney was over there okay. recently after he had a knee injury or something, maybe or a foot in ankle. He was over getting rehab. Um, they look after a lot of athletes, you know, and I fell into this position with them guys, which is. I didn't fall into it. I worked hard for it. I got it, you know. Yeah. I didn't fall into it by luck. I worked hard, and they wanted me to join them, you know. But I'm, I'm surrounded, like fortunately, by some really savage people. But it never was like that, you know. Um, never was like that. I, you did everything yourself, you know. And I think that look, the, my strength and conditioning coach now sees like I come and fly over back and forth, and I'm putting. I live in the gym. I put the work in, and they look after me, you know. And um, they're not just like a strength and conditioning team they, they they look after my nutrition they're looking after they they track my body fat you'll be getting tested with your body fat um they've got recently like a the new salt bar things the salt tubs you send them for like recovery uh not the flotation not the, tanks oh okay yeah, yeah. So, so, they're similar to like the cairo therapy uh, uh, no, that's the cry the cryotherapy. What, yeah, nah, it's freezing. Not, that's nah, that's uh, that's that's good. No, they don't have that. That's really good. Yeah. They have like a, a flotation tank, so it's just all salts, and you lay in this tank for an hour. Um, you relax, you float in the water, but it just basically gives you muscles and every. It gives it back the magnesium. It's really good for recovery. It's amazing. Um, I have all that, you know. So they also test bloods. Uh, so they can see what you're, you're lacking, what you're, what you need to improve. Um, if like your if your B twelve's down, mm. if your testosterone's low, you know. So yeah. you, again, that's like going into a lot of the science stuff behind it, which you can't do yourself. I can't just train in my mum's house and start that's sort of, jabbing myself. Yeah, that's just also time consuming. <laughs> oh, imagine yeah. that, just going and getting outsourcing all that gear, doing it yourself, then. You know, oh, if you are low on yeah. certain stuff, then obviously researching what you then got to do to combat that yeah. is it's it's a lot, yeah, it it's time, yeah, really time, and it's expensive as well. Yeah. And again, you're not making millions of pounds, you no. know, like all my money, and still to this day, I'm very fortunate now that like I, my career's going in the right direction, so I have a lot of clients in both Ireland and in the UK. I have, I have many clients now, so my weekends when I'm back are full, and my weeks out there are full, so I, I do. I do well enough for myself now, which again, like, is sort of almost not deserved. But I earned that, you know, because I I lived on nothing almost to pursue this. Everything I ever earned went back into flying, mm. went back into eating. Again, like my nutrition's sorted by a chef now over in Ireland. So yeah. I have a guy who gives my meals to me, you know, because he wants to help me. See, again, they just see what you're putting in. If you, I'll be the same in the future. If I can see that someone's really wanting something and works hard. Because you're gonna help, aren't you? You know, so you're investing you in to, yourself, yeah. aren't you? If you're investing in yourself and you're putting that clever work in, yeah. and you're working extra. People will see that and will try and help and you if out you're humble, tenfold. You know, if you're yeah, not, if you're not an arsehole, believe you. Some oh picture, yeah, yeah. You know, and, like, and you're not appreciative of people helping you out exactly, initially because yeah. that will go. You know, people talk that goes a long way. And but like uh, again, I'm very fortunate. But I lived. I live in the gym now, you know, and I still live there. Um, and I sleep in the gym. And it wouldn't be for everyone. That's a mental mental toughness more than anything. But I remember like not being able to afford any food and like my coach like getting me meals and sitting in the gym and then there'd be nothing to do. Like pretty much it'd be like finished training and I'd have like almost fourteen hours to the next session and I'd have to I'd only be able to sleep maybe six on a sofa bed, you know. And yeah. Well it was talk, tough. Yeah, talk about that because obviously like you say, it's not for most people and you obviously moved over to Ireland. Were 
people that you were maybe close to that you've fallen out with or not necessarily fallen out with? Was there people that maybe looked at him and was like, you know, Webby's changed or, you know, he's not contacting us or he's not, he's just, he's different. And like you said, maybe you getting into reading books and your mentality and stuff changing or your your idea of stuff. Was there ever any time where people were like, you know, no, you, I you've changed or... You're already surrounded by people that understood yeah, what you I wanted saw, to do. I feel like all my friends have been friends for so long. Yeah. They're all good friends, you know, so there was never anything negative that I heard anyway. Yeah. Never, no one ever put me off. It was more earlier on because I never had any money. Yeah. So I'd, I remember putting myself in debt. I went and, done, I went and trained in Holland, um, kickboxing. Oh, okay. And I was getting ready for a kickboxing fight and I remember getting a £1,000 credit card out just to, to, to fund that. Yeah. Paid for my hotel, paid for my flights, and my week's training. It cost like seven hundred quid, and I remember um, because I spent so much and so little time. Um, they like not cancelled the card, but they said I had to put something back into it to be able to use it again. I didn't have any money, <laughs> and so they. I remember being on the train, and uh, I had to get the ticket because I remember ringing up. I'm like, I can't use my card to get the yeah, train, yeah. and they wouldn't put anything on there. And I was like, I have no money, <laughs> you know, like. Um, Oh man, I lost where I was though. You didn't have any money on a train. You trying to well, get yeah, the train and not. I mean, before that was we talked about before. I just went. Just um, like, if anyone was um, uh, so, yeah, see sitting there thinking that you've changed. Exactly. Or... Yeah. So having that no money, it was more of a worry. Yeah. For that was me just going off on a story, which is a, quite a funny story. I actually turned up to Holland, didn't even have like the second time I went, didn't have anywhere to stay because I had no credit card or money. <laughs> so I actually went and booked flights for cheap on the rest of the money when I put some into it. Credit card was maxed out. Turned up to Amsterdam, went to the gym again, and then had nowhere to stay. Fucking but anyway, back to the story. Yeah, because uh, like you know, I had like um, this debt now over me, and then it was like a worry for your family, your mum, you know, mm. like how you gonna pay that off, and then uh, you know you can't. And I actually was in a kickboxing tournament, and it paid a thousand pound, and that was actually how I managed. Didn't say that was actually when I was speaking to the woman on the phone with my credit card. I remember saying to her, I've got a fight on Saturday, I'll be able to pay it off then. Yeah, well, I actually lost in the final, I lost <laughs> to a split decision, so it killed me, you know. Okay, nice. um, but I meant that that went up to a lot of money. But there was a worry then, you know, people before like I start to get to this and have that, like, like the money, it's not, and I'm not doing it for the money at all, but like the coaching now, like, shows that you can make a living. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I can coach and make a a, a, a good living and I have a great life. I'm going to do three or four hours a day and then I've got the rest of my day to do what I want. I can train. Do you know what I mean? Like I said it to my brother before he went and started a, a business up as well. I literally was like, you're working 14 hours a day or whatever, including your travel. Yeah. Like what sort of life's that, you know? Like, and there was always back and forth for that. Like, you know, like what sort of life do you have? Because I used to like laugh saying, I can go to the the coffee shop at lunch you know and just sit there yeah, I love yeah, that course, do you know what I mean I love that like I do it with my girlfriend now she's like very flexible with her work as well so like there's nothing better than like I'm, I mean, sometimes at a fight camp I fly home on a Thursday afternoon and then Friday we get to wake up whenever we want and we go into town and we have lunch together and it was great last summer we used to like just sit outside have a coffee have an omelette somewhere yeah. and you're like this is this is what life's about Getting out on a kayak as well, mate. Oh, yeah, do you know what I mean? We love that. Yeah. We were doing that. Like, we we live a great life. Like, we live a fantastic life, me and her. And we we don't have, like, millions of pounds and this and that. But we just, like, we both have that same mindset where we're not going to work for anyone else. We're going to work hard and get Mm. where we want to be. And 
like I say, if you find someone in your life that you want to do that with as well, and you can, like, me and her, like, before anything, we're great friends as well. Yeah. Like, like I said, we go and sit on kayaks for hours with each other, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we have a great time together, and I think that's what life's for. You're going to spend, you're meant to spend the majority of your life working. It might as well be something you want to do. Yeah, you know what I mean? And this is that point, like, anywhere between, like, the age of, like, say, 14, where you've got some, like, idea of what's going on in life. You need to be thinking, what do I really want to do? And apply that, you know? Up until mm. maybe... I don't I don't even think there is an age to apply that to. I think you can do that at any any time in your life. I just think other things can't, like, take over. Or the yeah. mindset that you can't do it. Yeah. There. And also, yeah. like you're saying, even earlier, when you're alluding back to people with work, maybe you're getting put up in nice hotels with work. They've been at a job that they hate for years, but the yeah. luxuries of what they're having through work, even though the work itself is, is shit, it's or they hate it, or it's causing yeah. absolute stress on them mentally... Or in their relationship and their health, yeah, and they, and they just say, well, you know, it pays good it pays money, the bills, yeah. but the paying of your bills surely doesn't outweigh the stress yeah. on a relationship yeah. or you're in your own mental well, state. I don't even. I think if you take away the the mental state and the relationship side of it, your your health, like, well, you leave leave the mental side to be your health. Is any job, is any money worth your health? Is any is any job worth a heart attack? Not in my opinion. It's no. not that. I'm not going to give a shit. I'd, rather be, I'd literally rather have the bare minimum and live that exciting life where which you enjoy than be that person who's like working for someone else and you've got like so much fucking pressure to hit these targets and you don't hit them and you're in trouble and you, your job's on the line. You're, you're getting like... There's a chance of like failing at something you hate. Yeah. When you could go and fail at something like if I failed at all of this right now, fucking, I spent years having fun. Yeah. Had a great time, you know. I made great friends. Plus, also like, it's difficult because we're in such a social element now where everything is online, isn't it? So mm. if your mates have just got the newest car, or if your mates have got the newest watch, or if your mates going on extravagant holidays, we're seeing it so much. So it's almost like people are going straight into a job which might pay well so they can pay for that stuff. Yeah. But ultimately, definitely. after all of those things have come, so you might have gone on an expensive holiday, but you're going back to a place that doesn't value you or you can be shot off Mate, straight you, away. And then, or that company could be gone bust and that's or, you for 10, or, 15 or you, years. Or you drop dead there and then and someone's sitting in your seat in a week's time. Yeah. No one cares about you. That's it. You're always working for someone else. Yeah. In like, that... In that constraint where it's you're paying someone else who probably is doing what you want to be doing which yeah. is enjoying your own time spending time with your own family drinking coffee in coffee shops <laughs> in the day and then going out on a kayak in the summer for yeah, I mean, five that's, hours. that's what i used to do yeah we used to literally be like saturday i'd do some lessons and then what should we do i would go out the kayak mm. fucking great fun and then we started like just finding different rivers and different ways to go and Ended up having a great time, and then me and my brother went out on it one time. We started in Dedham, and we we're like, "No, it wasn't Dedham. It was Stratford St Mary, maybe." Oh, like, okay. Right, we're gonna kayak to Dedham, and all of a sudden, like the Milsoms is in between, yeah, and some wedding boats coming around, and then me and my brothers, and we're like, trying to scoot around. <laughs> then there's like we're playing music. We're always playing music on the kayak. Mm. We've got our little boombox, and then we're going past the Milsoms, and there's all these people suiting and booting like <laughs> a wedding. And us scumbags come first. <laughs> but great fun, you know, like great fun. And yeah. Again, yeah, like I said, like, it's about like the daily steps you make. Mm. And that's like made me have this like life I really enjoy and get to live. And 
I wouldn't change that for the world, and I certainly wouldn't change. Like again, I'm fortunate that what I do helps my health, but um, no amount of stress from a job is worth me having a heart attack. And again, like these great paying jobs where these CEOs are sitting in offices from seven a.m. till seven p.m. and they've got these massive houses which they don't see. Mm. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done. And you're paying thousands of pounds for a now. You know you're and not that... spending that time with your kids either because you're lo- eventually you oh, will lose man. a certain the amount of times where I've had friends where the parents are in those well-paid jobs, but as they grow up, they, end, they start to resent the parents yeah, because there's no real relationship with them. So when they get to a certain age and they want to do stuff, that's when the parents start and having their opinion or, yeah. or or this job is not necessarily, you know, maybe what we think yeah. is the right path for you. And yeah. the kids are like, hang on a second, you actually don't even know. You, like, don't, even know, yeah, you, you don't know, know me. Like, I've either been shipped off to a boarding school and we don't really spend time together because you're always working or we just don't get on yeah. for whatever reason. So it is Because your job's so stressful, you come back and you're an arsehole. Yeah. Or, or even, or you come back and you're doing your job still. Yeah, which so, is yeah. I think I, I think if you went, I think if a lot of people heard this podcast, they'd be like, "Are you two a man?" I think about I'd say about eighty percent of like parents would be like, "Ah, oh, you're talking nonsense." But there's no, that's this, you know, it is how it is. Like, if and you, I guess uh, it's not for everyone. Like doing your own um, job and working for yourself, and I understand that. But I think the the actual point of the matter is do something that you love, even. Yeah. Even if it's a job where it might be less money, yeah. but you've always wanted to do it for whatever reason, you got caught in between or um, you went for the higher paying job yeah. that's causing stress, do something that, or it, it might be the job that actually gives you the best amount of joy. That might yeah. be giving you more money. Do whatever's right, but you've got to obviously include that health. And I have a friend who does that now, my friend Darren, he, um, he's into a job which, again, like uh, it pays it pays well, it pays enough. Don't get me wrong, it does pay, it pays him well, but it pays him well now. You know, but he's in a job where like he he loves it. Mm. Yeah, but he worked hard for it. You know, he went and he studied and he put time in and he done like stuff, a lot of volunteering stuff. So he was doing a lot of things that weren't he wasn't being paid for to get to this position. You know, and fair play to him. That's what you should be yeah. doing. You know, put yourself out there a little bit. You know, and, sure. and, and, and enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, enjoy enjoyment's a massive key, isn't it? Like if you're not enjoying it. Eventually, you're going to need to move on to something else that you are enjoying. Well, if it's a sport, you quit. Yeah. So why is it any different if it's a job? Yeah, that's a fair point. You know? Why yeah. is it any different? I like that quote on there. Nah, I never heard that either. Nah, that's it. <laughs> um, just want to talk about, am I right in saying that you're a brown belt at yeah. BJJ? Yeah. Talk about the disciplines and, and um, what that entails in terms uh, of getting to that level. Um, a brown belt, like, um, when I first started, like, there was a purple belt who used to come and train every other, like few weeks and looking at him was like looking at a god mm. that's what it used to feel like um it's quite surreal being a brown belt now like you just like me and like my teammates from back home here like we're all the same we're all brown belts you know but we all come up together and we all worked hard and tried to kill each other for years now mm. um see sometimes you don't really you don't really get to appreciate it until you sort of really think about it, but it's a serious level we're all at. You know, like a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is, it's, 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 you know, you're one away from your black belt, but it's a, it's a sport that takes years to get, you know, and years on the mat and injuries. And, you know, that's why I think like there's this, there's this great thing with Jiu-Jitsu with like the whole mindset thing, you know, like you have to go yeah. through so much. I don't know if you ever listen to Joe Rogan, you know, like yeah, yeah. 
you have to overcome so many things in it, which I think does make your life easier. Mm. Like, and that's maybe where the attitude sort of half come from. Like, but you're put in these situations where you've got guys trying to break your arms, break your legs, break your feet, strangle you. Where, to me, life never gets that hard. Nah. Never. Like, no one's ever in my face trying to choke me out in the street. So, like, all these everyday situations, or not having any money, for instance, doesn't really affect me that much. You're just like, no. ah, whatever. But it's you also know? like a... Everything is also like the mindset that you put yourself in, isn't it? Like you said, someone's trying to break your arm, break your leg, but something that might be... I don't know, oh, I've seen my mate on holiday, I haven't had any money, and you put yourself in that mindset of right now I'm in a sort of going into a little depressive state for yeah. five minutes because I haven't got any money for a week. Yeah. You, you quickly get yourself out you of that with the correct it, yeah. mindset. Yeah, like, if, yeah. like you're saying, within this sport, it can easily transfer into life because 100%. you're probably going through... Yeah, 70% worse things in terms exactly, of physically yeah, like, on your body I'll tell you something man, like, it, does sound, it sounds like you're talking like, it sounds like I'm talking nonsense but if you get someone get on your back and starts choking you effectively if they don't let go you're dead and all of a sudden like you realise how horrible this feeling is and you don't want to we, we all like at the beginning you're going to tap very fast because you're, you're, you're concerned about your neck being squeezed but I'm only tapping to like chokes and stuff on my neck when I've, I'm going to sleep I'm trying everything I can to get out of it. And half the time, the thought in my head is if I was like, if this was real, like, oh my God, I'd be like, you, you, I don't know, you're just like in this weird trance where you're like, I need to get out, I need to escape, I need to be able to like live life. Yeah, <laughs> I need yeah. to be able to breathe. Yeah, I need to be able to breathe. And then all, and then all of a sudden, like, you're, it's a Saturday and you're drinking coffee in the, in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're enjoying life and nothing gets that worse. Like, what's... What's worse than someone really nearly putting me to sleep or effectively, like they say in jiu-jitsu, like you tap because you'd have been killed. Mm. Well, what's what, what's going to happen? Is someone going to come and shout at me or is someone going to tell me that, I, you know, in a, in a job, like, I don't know, are they going to shout at me for this or that? Like, it wouldn't even bother me, you know? Like, no. I don't know, it's maybe not be the right attitude, but, <laughs> like, I find that life gets easier because mm. of these situations you put yourself in. You get comfortable in the uncomfortable, you know? Sure. Um, and if you're constantly comfortable in these situations that you just deal with every day, all of a sudden something hits you, like, oh shit, we need to pay the bills and we haven't got no money, then you're in a fucking shit state and then everything goes to piss. Mm. Where if you're constantly testing your yourself and your mental health and your, not your mental health, but your, you know, if you're testing yourself, like you're pushing yourself to the limits in sports and whatever it be, like I think life becomes a bit easy you know if i can deal with this and i can deal with someone breaking my arms and breaking my neck then we can get over this this yeah. isn't the end of the world and i, I have that sometimes a conversation with my mom sometimes like maybe it's the generation she was in or the way they believe but sometimes everything feels like the end of the world or a big deal and i'm just like what are you on about yeah of course like how like this doesn't even matter no nah. doesn't matter do you know what i mean like, it doesn't matter What's she like in terms of when you, it's coming up to fight week or fight night? How is she now? Like now, um, and what was she like at the at the very start when you first started yeah, getting into well, fights? In the beginning of it, like that, no one really ever knew. I used to just keep it very much, um, very quiet. You mm. know, I remember my first fight, first MMA fight I took my friend Jamie, Daz, and Ethan, but no one knew about it. We just went somewhere and fought, and mm. my coach was coming. It was, on, it was in Norwich one night, and then come away, you know? I used to try and keep it, like... I used to try and keep it very, like, low-key, because I didn't want people to come... I was always in fear of being... 
of losing. Yeah. You know, and I'm well over that fear now. Do you know what I mean? Like again, failure is part of success. Um, I want everyone to come watch me. Now. I want everyone to come watch me showcase my skills. Yeah, of course. Like, that's what you want. That I want people to watch me. Like you're a, yeah, you're a fighter, but you're also like you're an entertainer. Yeah, you are. You're, you're you're a showman. Like you're, you. There's a certain element to what you do, which, um, you know, okay, it entertains people. But you you need to like, people need to see. You know, you need to be seen to be anywhere. Um, and so I didn't. She never used to be really involved then, and then. She started to come to a few couple of like low level grappling tournaments, like I used to say low level actually, like maybe like the English Championships and stuff. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's so mad actually. Just going off topic here, how you you say I'm saying something like the English Championships being a low level, you know, like that would have been back in the day huge. Yeah. But now all of a Every sudden I'm around the team now where yeah. we go like the Europeans, the European Championships, and you have got the World Championships. Guys are going to LA and guys are going over to Portugal to fight the Euros. Like we're everything I've been always surrounded by has always been coming up yeah. do you know what I mean so like saying the English Championships doesn't really feel like it's nah. that big deal anymore like, oh, whatever. I guess once you're past not necessarily so, past it but like nah. once you've reached certain levels reached certain yeah. levels it's a case of you know like you said earlier in terms of the purple belt looking yeah. at that that person as a god it's yeah. like it's weird how sometimes you don't yeah you're a step above that I'm a brown bar now yeah yeah actually realising that is is completely different but yeah she she started to enjoy it and then she started to come along when I started to come and fight in Colchester I'd find that she you know she'd be there and my brothers and my sister were there and my dad comes along as well sometimes and then when you start getting to like the you know the the bigger shows as they say you know they they're always there and Mm. your friends are always there and like I had, I fought last time. My main event at the one in Colchester. The Cage Warriors come to Colchester for the first time uh, back in November, and the main event at that. And I had someone fly over from Switzerland to come and watch me. The, he, the guy, paid for his girlfriend to come. She was like an MMA fan or MMA fan. She loved me, or mm. she was a big fan of me. He's paid for her to come over, sit front row. And then is after that, wanting me to sign a Is that shirt. just to make sure that she weren't uh, trying to phenomenal? <laughs> <you or? laughs> My girlfriend trains as well now, yeah. so she, she'll be right. She'll be a good little contest, isn't it? But, um, like, yeah, it's unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Like, I'm standing, I'm standing, um, like, the fight ended, everything finished, and I went, I saw, I said to everyone, I'll be going to go head to Smith's in Colchester. I'm going to head there, mm. have a few drinks, and see everyone, which is win, lose, or draw, you have to go and Hmm. see people you know like they come and they come and spend their Saturday night oh, watching me sure, I'm gonna yeah. always go and appreciate people I'm not going to just go and hide in the room or whatever hmm. and yeah my brother Harry comes over he's like my little manager and I'm like out he's like <laughs> he's like trying to tell me to go and talk to people I remember yeah, saying yeah. to him will you shut up telling me what to do because <laughs> he's like go do this go do that and then he's like no seriously this guy come over from uh, Switzerland or Sweden somewhere and he hmm. said he's come over for like the day to come watch her and um, can he wants to get a picture and t- can you sign his shirt and I was just like who am I yeah. Like, where did this happen? Like, That's, I guess you say once you get to that level, there's that interest in you and and everything. So, not necessarily viral now, but everything like you're doing in the sport is becoming so global that yeah. eventually that might not be somewhere else, and it Canada yeah. or America, yeah, people exactly coming over not. to watch or you fighting in their areas. Yeah, more I mean, people it, to happen. We've had it. I've had it before. A stand set up in stopped at stand set. Like gone out. We've gone with my friends. We've gone. Actually, I was going to another fight show in Belfast. We were flying over, got stopped in stand set. Like oh, I know you. Uh, yeah. Like, you just start to get surreal moments. I actually went on holiday to Portugal in two thousand and seventeen, and someone stopped me in the hotel there. Like, yeah. You just you you know like you get these little moments, you know where 
you take a look back and you're like, life isn't that bad. You know, like, it's mm. pretty good, you know. So, um, eight weeks time, I get to do it again and keep putting my name out there. Yeah, you know, that's the task, mate. Well, um, in terms of people that are looking to get into MMA or looking to start getting into the fight game, what's it like on the body itself, the training, um, so the physical side of it? How does that? take time to adapt and then also what would you say again you spoke about earlier about um getting into the gym and it becoming a humble experience very quickly yeah um but what would you say to people that are looking to get into it not necessarily um to fight but um i don't know fitness side of training or just intrigued and it might see it in the future if if they pick it up i think if you're gonna you have to like you can't just if you're gonna do the MMA part, you you have to like commit to it a little bit to see if it is for you. Mm. If it isn't for you, I think jujitsu would be yeah. almost. You know, like if you're interested in MMA and mixed martial arts, and you like watching the UFC and you do a bit of training, and you're like, oh, I don't like being hit. Jujitsu is definitely for you. You can still find your way into the sport somehow. You know, um, but then saying that, if you are you know, you are into MMA and you're really enjoying it, again, I'd say do jiu-jitsu because it's such a solid mm. uh, foundation to build, you know, like, um, it's very low impact. There is, you know, you can get injured and you can get hurt really bad, but there's a low chance of injury. Yeah. Um, and it makes you tough, man. It makes you tough. Like I said, when you're getting, it's problem solving. The best way to look at it, actually, what, someone showed me something recently. It was a Rubik's Cube. And someone was saying jiu-jitsu is like solving a 200-pound Rubik's Cube that fights back. That's yeah. what it's like. It's problem-solving, you know. That's exactly what it is, problem-solving. And um, I just think, yeah, if you're going to... If you if you want to get into MMA, you need to, you know, take that take it seriously. But obviously, give it some time. Because obviously your body does... It needs to harden it. And it does harden to anything. Like, you're going from drastic measures here. But, like, you know, like... I hate seeing homeless people, but homeless people, they deal with cold nights every night. Their body mm, adapts. And it shouldn't. Yeah. And I don't want it to, no, it to be it. something that I think is terrible, but they get not used to it, but their body, their body evol- uh, doesn't evolve. It just adapts. Mm. It just adapts. And that's what happens when you're doing anything, really. You adapt to that that sport. Jiu-Jitsu has this thing where it makes your ears a bit tougher, uh, your neck fatter, mm. your fingers stronger. And MMA does a similar thing. And if you, like, you know, like, you never go in. If you go into a gym and you're put into spa first time, I think you're in the wrong gym. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, your experience but, shouldn't be like that. No. You should be... Where I, where a I'm few in, months to... Where I'm in Ireland, the guys are like, three months, jiu-jitsu, uh, 12-week program. You do that. Um, then you start doing, like the MMA fundamentals there's no sparring in that that's no. just getting used to getting taken down and learning how to throw punches after three months you can then join the class mm. but then by then you should be a bit more hardened to it and yeah. you're a bit more aware of what's going on when you come into a class straight away no one knows what's going on no. then you're thrown in the deep end it's like being thrown into a into a swimming pool and you've got no arms yeah that's what it's like just using your legs to yeah what are you doing like you don't even know what you're doing up and, down and then it, like every like two or three minutes someone pulls you back out yeah that's what it's like and that's like I see that like I do there's like this ultra MMA thing now in Colchester 
where you get eight weeks training, you go and fight in the cage, and it's the most moronic thing I've ever heard of. Yeah. Uh, no one's ready to do anything in eight weeks, but all of a sudden you're ready to go fight in a cage. And again, I think most people just want a, a display picture. Mm. They want to say, "Oh, I'm a cage fighter." Is that similar yeah. to like the um, what would be classed as the boxing one? Yeah. You know, it's but that's even worse. Like, because okay. it's it, like you alluded to earlier, it's so dangerous. It's that... so dangerous, and if you, eight weeks isn't enough to teach mm. anything. No. Like, do you know what I mean? it's not like in, and, and, and you're talking about a sport where you have to look at yourself like a triathlete mm, you don't sure. just box in a cage you have to wrestle you have to do jiu-jitsu do you know what I mean there's so many sports you have to do so you can never like in eight weeks what can you learn really mm. like, plus you your body's got to recover properly and because, a lot of and it's got to, these fighters I guess are going straight from whatever they're doing within that eight week training to maybe their job straight away yeah. or coming from their job straight to that the recovery but, I guess, you're going from a guy well. that does nothing Sits on the sofa. Let's say that. Goes to the gym. Let's say he's actually half a flag. Let's say he goes to the mm. gym, plays football, let's say. Does football. Thinks, I like that. Goes into it. In eight weeks, he still knows nothing. Mm. Nothing. No. Nothing. There's so much more I can learn. And I'm fighting. I believe I fight at a very good level, but I still feel very new to it. Mm. And I train with these guys. And I teach some guy. They come to me and they... I tell him straight away I don't think they should do it. Um, I'm training one guy at the moment and I've told him the dangers and the risks but I'm actually willing to put some time with him. He wants to work hard and he said he's going to commit and he's going to commit mm. so I said alright we'll work hard for it but I don't really want anything to associate, associate with, with it. that. No, because I, but I've, he knows the dangers of it and the risks. Mm. I said to him I don't think it's wise but he wants to do it for himself. Yeah, He wants to test himself. That's great. That's fair enough. I, I believe most people want to display picture but the the dangers like, I, I have to have... Um, I have blood tests every six months to make sure that I don't have any diseases because mm. you're bleeding on people. Yeah, well, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But so these eight-week shows, is everyone getting blood tested? Nah, mate. Nah, they're no. not. So, sure. like, how do you know if they haven't got some blood mm. blood disease that you can catch? And that's something, I guess, mate, I'd never even think of. So Yeah, you don't. And no one does. ECGs. I've had, an, I have, I've had an ECG in my heart, so mm. my heart's okay. But do you know how many people have heart problems? They don't even know. Of. Yeah. No, don't even know. Of. That's why you see sportsmen drop dead because mm. they never had one. Well, these, I guess, is this similar to the boxing where it's a lot of it is um, for charity? Yeah, a lot but of I these mean, events. Mate, listen, you don't like with You've combat got a, sports. You don't play it. Nah. You don't play You've got, It's got to be, and if they are doing this, it has to be over a longer period. Yeah, and it has to be, like you're saying, with the heart screening, yeah. the blood tests. And the brain scans. You're getting yeah. punched in the head. So, like, uh, I had my brain scan. I remember the guy saying to me, listen, there's nothing to worry about, but he said, I just want you to know that like, 50% of the general public will have an abnormality with the brain, mm. whether it be like, um, what they call like a cyst. Now, most people have them in their head and they're never a problem. They're not a problem mm. at all. They're not a problem whatsoever to yeah. have, but if you're getting hit in the fucking head, they are a problem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And people, especially repeatedly. So did, did all of these people doing this eight weeks uh, pay five hundred pound for their brain scan as well? Did they? Mm. No. So it's it's dangerous and it's stupid, and it's I think loads of stuff's worth doing for charity. You should do load mm. charity work's great, but don't unless you're a professional fighter and you're giving your fight purse to charity, don't be doing that mm. if you're not trained to do that and Go I think and, also you've got to associate this, the correct sport and charity event to actually what you're doing so like you're saying if you are going to do this it needs to be over 6 to 
12 month period what? with all a... the checks in place with all the pros yeah. with all the safety measures in be. place in, there's a, if something you're going to do it there's something they're doing in Ireland called Wimp to Warrior um, and that's the same thing that they're doing like here Like so it's called Ultra MMA here and you're in 8 weeks in a cage mm. in Ireland it's called Wimp to Warrior it's 6 months training and you've got to be there like 4 or 5 times a week they're yeah. getting you there every like, like literally Monday to Friday like a job 6.30 yeah. in the morning you're training 6 months of that that's a little bit more reasonable. Mm. You can deal with that. Do you know what I mean? People go into fights with less training than that, but I think eight weeks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you're also that Taking time frame. You're you're learning consistently about the technique, the form, the safety measures, everything. Whereas yeah. eight weeks, like you're saying, is is not enough. Yeah. Well, like I said, like I did some training with people that do eight weeks training. There's people that have done like two or three years training, and to me, it's like fighting with a five year old. That's mm. literally what it is. Yeah. Like if you've done eight weeks training, I will literally just treat you like a fight yeah, yeah. it's not you, you have nothing to, mm. you have nothing mm. nothing but yeah. <laughs> you don't have anything that worries me so sort of going from the training side of it well, I spoke earlier to you about um, fights how do you combat when you're going into a fight um, someone coming at you either with shots kicks someone coming at you with aggression how do you combat and think about what they're going to do to you whilst you're thinking about how you're going to either take them down, how you're going to knock them out. What things do you do in terms of it's, your training? To it's, uh, Again, do you know what I've answered that jiu-jitsu thing? Hmm. Those scenarios when you're in jiu-jitsu, you're always in these worst scenarios. So when you get there, and we do this similar training in, over in SPG. I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want other teams to know. No, but, of course. Um, you're always in the worst situations. And so when you're in the fight... You've already been there. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I am I'm trained for this fight. So, yeah, like, you... It, it, it's not muscle memory as such, but, like, I have someone punching me in the face every day. Yeah. So when I get into the ring, it's no different. You have someone kicking you. You have someone trying to take you down. So you put in these situations. So when you're there, you're like, I've been here. Mm. I've done that. Now, again, to counter that, you just have to not run away. Now, again, like, for many months once you start training, when you get hit, the human reaction is to turn away. Yeah. It's everyone's reaction. You, Someone throws a punch at you, you turn your back. You mm. give your back, which is the worst thing to do. If someone gives me their back in a fight, I'm like, hallelujah. Yeah, you praise praise the Lord. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If I flinch and he turns around, I'm just mm. like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's done. Um... So you, you again like you, you you have these like, like reactions say like so I'm always like for me I'm working on different things so I'm always trying to work off of someone's jab so as soon as they jab I'm trying to like block go mm. you know where someone else might be working off the right hand so he might be thinking he's using his jab to get the reaction of the right hand and he mm. might be like jab he sees the one two he's slipping that's his next shot you know like yeah. everyone has their different their different triggers. Like I was saying earlier, when someone kicks me, I rarely check it. I look to turn my leg out mm. because I keep my balance and I'm still in your face. That was loud, but yeah. I'm still there. So you kick me and instead of like kicking and I'm having to move back, I'm still coming forward. You kick me, I bend into it, I'm coming forward, I'm coming mm. forward. And I think that there's nothing worse than seeing that. You keep no. giving someone your shot and then he's still here. So he's like you're into it, it's like a little game of chess. It's 100% chess. Absolute power and yeah, and aggression like, as well. And again, timing. You know, some guys are like, okay, they, they watch a bit of tape. They're like, okay, he likes to shoot a double leg after throwing a jab. So he jabs and shoots. And the guy's like, right, every time he jabs, I'm going to throw a knee. Mm. So the guy jabs and he automatically throws a knee. And if he shoots, game over. Is you there know? ever been a fight 
so far where you've done a lot of tape work or your team have done tape work and whether it's in terms of uh, the boxing style or whether it's in terms of um, their submission game that someone's brought something completely different um, to the fight that you had you hadn't seen from them out of nah, all of their fights or nah, never like do you find that fighters tend to have it's a similar they follow similar patterns yeah, similar yeah patterns. they do but not just that I just have a my coach my MMA coach Chris he breaks down everything he goes mm. over like all the tape he watches everything and then he sends me this breakdown like you know like it'd be like two pages and he's like this 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 and he's like watch out for this mm. but he's looking at everything and he's like where he's saying watch out for he's like this is where you go so yeah. like with the last fight he was saying to me you know like he's going to be aggressive he's going to swing he's going to if he hits you he hits hard he's going to throw the leg kick we knew he was going to throw a leg kick mm. we knew he was going to try and if he could throw maybe a head kick um, but he lo- he loads up on the right hand we knew all that he turned his toes in little yeah. things that not many people would ever look at well you would if you were in that sport Yeah. he turned his toes in so it would be hard for him to check my kick if I threw a kick so we were working on that but the first round was all about putting pressure on him you know and we knew that every time I threw shots or every time he was looking to take every time someone pressured him with shots he backed off mm. and that's what I did every time I come forward he backed himself up to the cage and he can only go as far as the cage mm. and then there's nowhere else to go you know and well I saw something um, that you said about because your submission game is so good it's almost easier for you because you feel like fighters don't necessarily want to come out and no nah, they don't want to grapple break you down yeah well they don't want to grapple like they there's that risk of you know if i end up striking if you're a really good striker you end up trying to strike with a guy who's a very good grappler you don't want to throw your hands because mm. your hips are open so as soon as you like throw a one two or a leg kick or you throw a head kick you're on one leg or your hands are away from your hips you can't yeah. stop or take them once that grappler's attached to you that's done. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Once a grappler's on you, if you have a high-level grappler against a high-level striker, the striker is wary. Mm. Every time he throws, there's an opportunity for that guy to get hold of him, you know, and it, it, it makes people hesitant. They stop thinking about just going out and doing their A game. They're like, well, what, he might do this. They're aware and of all of a sudden, the grappler's throwing shots at you. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah, you throw people off. Well, that's what makes like high-level grapplers dangerous. Like, Anyone with a four ounce glove on is knocking someone out. Mm. If you get hit, especially the weights I fight at, like I fight middleweight, but I mean, I'm fighting back in there with 90 something kilo guys. You get hit by a 90 kilo guy, you know about it, you mm. know? And if they hit you clean, you go down. Um, and yeah, I think having a really good grappling background, um, it worries a lot of people. MMA, they seem to train MMA, they sort of hit it all in together, where mm. I really try to specialise in something. Was that. Is that specifically that you got into, or did when you started getting into it, did a coach say, "Look, where we want you work on this"? Because I think this will be a massive element of he just your nah, my, or... my first jiu-jitsu coach. He was saying to me, I remember him saying to me, like, I was half playing football. I was just, I wasn't really playing. I was just like, just knocking about. Yeah, like I'd go and train on a Tuesday night playing football, and I remember him saying he was like, "You'll have a much better fight career than you would playing football." So mm. I stopped playing, and then I stopped. Um, so unfortunately like you know listening to that I'm here but um, we just we purely worked on Brazilian Jiu Jitsu mm. which is another sport but if you're a very high level Brazilian Jiu Jitsu fighter like you if you can transition well enough if you can take a shot you end up being a really dangerous guy in MMA mm. really dangerous you know yeah. like Damian Myers a guy now in the UFC um, 
he's a middleweight, he's a grappler, and people are scared of him, you know. Gunnar Nelson's another grappler, and them two fought each other, and I think he sort of like just, he, he almost mauled him, you know, it was scary to watch, like Jesus, mm. like the levels of grappling that are, that are out there, you know, like yeah. you, you believe you're good, and then there's someone that's better, and when you're grappling with someone who's better than you, they, like I said earlier, it's like, you're like, you're drowning. Mm. That's what it's like, you know, like, if you're fighting a guy that's all over you, and you can't get him off, it is like drowning. You're suffocating slowly. Yeah. It's miserable. And then he's on your back. And you're getting punched as well. So would you change a fight specifically? So for you, in your next fight, if you if your opponent was a high level, let's say probably not at, at the level that you're at, would you change your fight to maybe a bit more stand-up? Or? Uh, I'm not, I mean, if my coach said, that's what we're going to do, we'd do it. Mm. We'd stick to a game plan. But I, you know what? The, the, best, the best sort of... Um, thing to do is let it let it go yeah do you know what I mean like we had a we have like a guide and we had a guide for the last fight we were going to fake the level change and see his reaction I fake the level change he threw a knee mm. so I was like okay we're just going to we'll keep it standing for a bit so you sort of like make you play into their game what they want and I mean there was no game plan to knock him out really nah. there was never like we're going to throw it we just said like we'll, we'll keep it standing yeah. we don't need to rush the takedown we'll get the takedown you know and it'll be for all the fights so I don't need to rush any takedown nah. and if they want to grapple with me then great and if they try and take me down, great. Um, I've always ended up in a fight, and it's almost like a plan B. You know, like worst comes to worst, you can, mm. you know, you're on your back and I can defend and get back up. And I guess like now, people are wary of after the knockout against Radcliffe that you're, you can, you know, yet, deliver people, bombs yeah. and get people in rear naked chokes. And yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's like a, I think that does look scary as well, especially when you look at my record, like all my. My wins are all finishes, like having mm. to go on the distance, which looks great. I was gonna say you haven't gone past round three, have you? No, I, ha- I didn't. Know cage I, f- I didn't. Nah, and in cage, I, I had a decision loss. Yeah. Um, Is that uh, 0-2? Yeah, I lost yeah. that one, and that was a decision. But there was no chance I was ever getting finished, and you know, I got pinned mm. to the cage. But uh, all my wins have come pretty quick. Like they're coming like in the second round almost. I've had two in the first, two in the second. Three in the first, two in the second, mm. you know, but early second, not like late rounds. They're like, yeah. that's what this is like being sad. That was the quickest finish I had against mm. Jason, 126 or whatever it was, but like I had like a second to go, I won a fight in the first round, I won a fight like 20 seconds into the second round. Mm. Once, like, I feel like I won that fight in last summer because I put so much pressure on the guy. I wrestled, I literally wrestled, fucked him. Yeah. He tried to take me down. He didn't take me down. I reversed the position and just mauled him on the cage, dragged him around the whole place. Mm. And once, like, he gets taken down once and you get up. When you get up with 90 kilos on top of you, it's hard. I suppose and, as well, after a whole round of whole trying round to get out. of that, yeah. trying to get up. And then when I went to come back out, I don't know if you saw it, I went to level change again. Mm. He went to put his hands down to stop it and I hit him with an uppercut. Yeah. And he was out there and I carried him to the rear naked choke, you know. Mm. But that was because he was just like, I can't stay there again nah. for three or four minutes getting pulled around because you're just, you're straining, you're fucked. What do you think? For for now, moving forward, you've got the fighters in a position which is is probably better for you because, you're mo- again, you're always moving up in terms of levels where it's better that you can get the knockout, you can get the submission. But each fight and each level, how does the fitness side come into it? Is there ever a point in your head where you're thinking, right, I'm finishing guys in one and two rounds, I know I can submit guys still, but is there ever a point in your head that goes fitness-wise... 
can I go that distance? Is um, there ever that mental side? Nah, I, like, I know, mate. That's what I mean. Like I train with this team where the motherfuckers they push me to beyond limits. Like hmm. I'm, I'm ready to go all day fighting, and I'm, that's the reason I'm finishing early is because hmm. I'm putting the pace on. I'm setting the pace yeah. because I have that. I have that fitness and I have that faith in my fitness that if I have to go into third rounds, th- fourth rounds and fifth rounds, that I've um, I've been in worse positions with my fitness. They've put me in worse positions again. That mm. I've been in them dark waters and I know that I can get through that, you know. And I know that I can set a pace. I know that my recovery is good. So if I have to go five minutes, I know one minute's rest is plenty. I can go back out mm. again, fresh again, you know. Um, yeah. My fitness hasn't really been tested yet, and I don't want it to be tested. I want to go and finish fights. I'm out there. I'm gonna. I just like to put pace a, a pace on, finish a fight, and get out as quick as I can, you know, without getting an injury. Um, but the, sorry, the fitness. I mean, it's something that that's the only thing you can control. Mm. Like we're talking about that whole working hard and in fighting you can't control anything apart from your fitness mm. like I literally can't control anything like I come out and if he throws a head kick and it hits me so I can't control what he does mm. can I the only thing I can control is how fit I am so that if I do get into them dark waters where it's late in rounds I'm not the one looking for a way out and there's a saying and I'll say it and it's so true cardio makes cowards of men and I learned that from my coach. If you're starting to tire, you look for a way out. Mm. And it happens. Like, where, whatever, if that's any sport, like, I'm see, sure it happens yeah. in football. You see that in extra tired, time in football, they get a yeah, 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 injury. Yeah, of course. Running a marathon, all of mm. a sudden they pull out. Or yeah. in fighting, what happens is you're tired. You don't want to be there anymore. Mm. You don't want to be there. You can see it in some people's body language as well when they're fighting, can't you? If they're getting yeah. battered for two, three rounds they look and for the a fitness way out. is gone. Look for a while. Give them the back. Yeah, you can see it. some of the stoppages though, like, like even when people have hit them. But when you've seen the replays, they're like, it didn't actually look like they've no. hit them that bad, but no. they've gone down and then it's... People quit. And it's, that. And it's not that they're quitters in life. Mm. Some people are. Some people are. Some people quit when it gets tough. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Well, what you're in is obviously... It, it, it's a difficult sport because it's dangerous yeah. and I guess that fitness element does come into it. Yeah. But like I say, um, um, yeah, cardio makes cowards of men and you mm. see that a lot and that's what I don't want. So I, and I, I actually have a fear of that more than anything. I, you know, it doesn't matter we're losing a fight. It doesn't matter getting submitted. It doesn't really matter getting knocked out. Like you go in there, you fight, you can't control what he does. But if you're not fit enough to be there, that's mm. a completely different story. Do you know what I mean, if you're not fit enough, if you're coming out and you got your hands down by your side and your your mouth's open, mm. if I see someone's mouth open, if I see a, like a mouth open, again it's like a ching. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean, because he's 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 fucked. And I think that a lot of that comes into maybe the, again like the ego side of things. Yeah. Thinking that uh, again, training people might train for specific fighters and think, right, I'm going to finish him within two. Yeah. So whether they train as hard as what they did and for the previous think, yeah. fight and and that happens a lot and, with winning and, yeah they and start you, to think they're better than they are and they, they, they're oh, no, I wouldn't say that they think that they're owed something but people start to get let that get to their head they're like you know I've been winning it's working and well the foot comes off the gas exactly something stops working where like I said man that's not going to change me as soon I'll be back in Ireland next week and I'm, I've already been planning I've been doing conditioning while I'm here like with uh I've already been given stuff to do while I'm here. I've been training very hard over the Christmas period, you know. Um, eating as well, so you put on your weight, but mm. that'll be coming off and I'll be back over there and 
it's going to be hard and I'm going to tell them and then I always said to them like make it I, mm. I want to be feeling like that because I know that the fight never feels that hard no. like if you're in places where you can hardly breathe and you can't feel anything in your body that's great because I'd rather feel that then than in eight weeks and then some motherfuckers punch me in the face as well yeah, of course. do you know what I mean I don't want it to happen no. so yeah um, it's the only thing you can control and I think mm. in I think it shows in sports like you don't go very far in any sport if you're not fit you know and again like I was saying earlier with the football like you put that extra work in even if you're like not the most gifted you look you look like a hard worker you know mm. you look like a, like I mean Roy Keane probably wasn't the most gifted but he was a workhorse wasn't yeah. he like you know he'd run and, I mean Gerard was a workhorse and he was very gifted Paul Scholes was as well but you gotta have, yeah that's, you've got to have people on your team like that and I think you have to yeah but talk about now in terms of um, making weight for a fight what's that like for you do you find that easy or uh, I wouldn't say it's easy man like it's it's, it's probably the only stress I go through in my life mm. but for some um, people that wouldn't necessarily know the process. What what is the process of making weight for I have to. I'm well, currently at the moment. I'm about twelve kilos over. So that's maybe two stones. Yeah. <laughs> Eight weeks, easy. I'll yeah. Lose it. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. Man. Like um. Because um, when you scale it down to things, you say that twelve kilos. You look at um people, not necessarily just women, but men as well, that are like, right, I want to lose a certain amount of weight yeah. over a longer period. I yeah. want to get healthy and stuff like that. How do you... I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, it's completely different, I mean, but how do you well, equate to be that fair, to... man, you can lose in... If you if you have the right diet and you have the right training program, you can change your life in 21 days. Mm. You can look a completely different person in 21 days. You Three weeks of eating properly. So how, what's the process for you that you go through? Um... um in terms of what food or yeah food making weight um, in terms of obviously the fitness I, the training I, element is I it stepped up a notch nah well I train all year round that's my lifestyle it's not my mm. job it's my lifestyle and like I say like 8 weeks out from a fight maybe even 8 weeks is a bit hard, like soon 6 weeks is when it really steps up you know mm. so the training obviously increases but the food obviously can't de- decrease that much you only train two or three times a day you can't be living off an egg yeah you know and three pieces of broccoli and mm. a chicken breast in the evening. It has to be good quality food too, you know? So um, I found something that really works well for me. So I, I live off a really high protein, high fat diet, you know, mm. and um, I can shed pounds quick and I have energy for days. You know what I mean, I have great, I have a great energy. Like mm. I, I can train three times, feel good. And I'm eating substantial amounts of food. I'm probably still eating about three and a half thousand calories a day, you know? Yeah. And I lose weight. I'm losing weight like that. Um, the only real tough part is maybe like the, the 10 days before the fight when I've got to lose maybe 7 kilos by then and that's not that's not hard like your body's full of water mm. and your body's full of like um, like it stores water do you know what I mean your muscles are full yeah. of water you obviously need to be lean so obviously I make sure I'm around 10% body fat um, and that's we, we monitor that like I said we have the clippers and all that but um I'll then sort of cut my carbohydrates and my my sugar and salt. And by cutting my carb, sugar and salt, I pretty much release all the water from mm. the cells in my body. Yeah. Um, slowly anyway. So any like retention I had, like water retention, you know, um, that sort of goes. When you any for every gram of carbs you eat, you tend to hold that times three to four in water. Yeah. Um, so I stopped cutting carbs. I'll be ninety one on the Friday. The week before the fight, 91 kilos. I'll probably stop the carbs on the Monday. Um, and by Thursday, I'm about 87 mm. 
kilos. And then what I'll do is I'll just go in the sauna and sweat the other four. Sweat it out. Three, three kilos, yeah. With, um, with the meals when you're cutting the carbs, what what do the meals look like? Are they still substantial oh, man. sizes? Green. Yeah. Fat and green. Because like. most people, when they, you know, that uh, again, you could equate this to people that are, uh, you know, 2019 right I yeah. want to lose a lot of weight in gym and stuff they're like no carbs four marbs and all yeah, this all that, yeah. you'll see that they'll have no carbs but it'll be very very I mean, small meals and very very well done, man. Like, ridiculous in terms yeah, of is, what they're eating like it's the way you look at your food it has to be a lifestyle I don't mm. think the word diet really exists 100% like lifestyle so um, you know like I have like a, I have to suck it up for a week and you know, well, not even a week, about three or four days without carbs, whatever. Fucking, I can deal with that. Mm. That means twelve days of the year I have a shit time. Yeah, you know I mean, whatever. But um, you know, by eating a minimal amount, you're fucking your body up. Mm. So yeah, you lose loads of weight when you put your body, um, like let's say, like idiots are like, oh, I'm just gonna have this, 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 and they're probably eating under a thousand calories. Leave mm. and say like twelve hundred, whatever. Your body gets used to that. Yeah. Your body's like, okay, I'm only getting given this, so it stops working as hard. Mm-hmm. And then after their holiday, they go on this mad blowout and get fat again. Yeah. And it's because their body's now like working at 1,200 calories yeah. instead of when you could be putting... Like my body works at a ridiculous rate. <laughs> Do you know but, what I mean? And also, what some people don't understand is you need to work hard as well. You're not, nah, you're yeah. not cutting weight and you're not working. You're doing I'm a lot working, of work in yeah. the gym, so you need to refuel your body, oh, whereas man. a lot of people will do stuff at the gym and have recovery is literally sa- a salad of just yeah, just leaves right. and do you know what I was going to say a salad like, I don't even eat salad like as in what most people class a salad as there's no nutritional value in a salad my salad is about half a bag of spinach mm. that's a salad mm. that's a proper salad spinach onion tomato maybe a little bit of cheese if I'm on good mm. weight Drenched in olive oil. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's a salad. Spinach has some good properties to it. Lettuce has nothing. Yeah, you've got kale as well. Kale, nice another good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, kale. We made a salad yesterday, me and my girlfriend. It was fantastic. We had, yeah. It was literally like a bag of spinach, drenched in olive oil, um, onion, cucumber for flavour, and then we like basically got, um, and some halloumi was thrown in there, but we got oh, some broccoli. And um, we cut that into small little, like little mini trees, we call them. Yeah. And then garlic, and we fried that. So they were just crunchy and put that in the salad. And Jesus, man, it was amazing. Yeah. Like, amazing. And we had some chicken there as well. We put a chicken yeah. breast in too. But, you know, if I saw, if I shoe like most people my diet and they saw the amount of fat I ate, they'd literally be like, they'd be like, nah, you can't do that. Mm. You can't do that. Like, at the end of the day, I believe a fat based diet is the best one like high high protein high fat you know like that's what we well we fuels, the, fuels the brain as well high fat oh, isn't man, it? The fat, so yeah, the brain function is massively key yeah, I mean, so like, having avocado omega free have an avocado on your salad yeah, whereas some, like, some people Actually, now uh, there was are avocado like avocado oh, like because avocado is very high in fat calories people well. yeah look people at look at it and go oh if I eat this one avocado on my salad I can't have anything else for the rest of the day I won't eat the avocado which is so nutritionally dense. I'll drink the diet coke. Yeah, yeah. That I'm, makes I'm sense. At my desk at work because the diet coke's yeah. fifty nine calories. Yeah, well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. No, um, there's a lot of people that are, are very clueless when it comes to what they're putting inside their body. Like I don't, I treat myself sometimes. So we actually bought some Coke Zero today because it's Sunday and I want to drink a Coke Zero tonight. I think that's nice. But diet and Coke Zero and all this is full of shit. Still, like mm. anything that's got like any sweeteners in it does the same. 
it does the same to the body that sugars does, you know? So, course, like, yeah. when you eat a bag of sweets, sugar, like, spikes the insulin, you stop fat burning, you've got to deal with the sugar. Sweeteners do the same thing. 100%. You know, they, they, still, they still release a spike in insulin, which it doesn't now store as fat, but you stop your body burning fat mm. now because it has, like, there's a spike in it. A sweetener does that. It doesn't You don't get... There's no sugar in the calorie or no. there's no sugar in the Coke, but you still get an insulin spike from a sweetener, which doesn't mean you're putting on weight, but it doesn't mean you're losing it. No, so if you it. cut them Diet Cokes out and just drink water, watch how much more weight you'd lose. Mm. Eat the avocado times 10 <laughs> and don't drink Diet Coke. That, that avocado, yeah. Uh, avocado is great for you. Mate, there's a... We tried avocado pesto. Not having nut allergy and pesto's pine nuts. I can't eat pesto. No, mate, it's a great recipe. That you, what uh, nuts can you have? Can you have I cashew can't eat nuts? No. Ah, oh, brilliant. I've got. You can have um, seeds though. Still, seeds, right? yeah. So you can have a uh, so throwing an avocado in a blender. Yeah. Like quarter cup of sunflower seeds, or you yeah. can use pumpkin seeds. I like seeds. sunflower seeds. Yeah, 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 that's perfect. So yeah. light toast of the sunflower seeds, give them a sort of similar texture to the pine nuts. So a bit of that, a couple of uh, cloves of garlic. Depends how much yeah. you like. And then just a bit of olive oil and then some spinach and a little bit of basil. Blend it up, mate. It's unreal. Put that really? on the salad. Oh, mate, it's unreal. It's another way of getting the avocado in, in a, as a disguise yeah, as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. So I do that sometimes. My missus used to go on Slimming World, which um, was obviously up to her. But sometimes I'd throw in, you know, like in a salad, I'd throw in the avocado yeah, yeah. pesto. Isn't an avocado like, bad on Slimming World? Isn't yeah, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'd throw it in, and that, in the pesto mean, form. A yogurt. A yeah, yogurt, that's, yeah, a yogurt sin better than the avocado yeah. because it's got less sins. Yeah, I couldn't get my hair around shit. it. But people do that. I know, mate. And to be fair, like I, you know, I think it's difficult because obviously she's my girlfriend and I stuff. She doesn't she, do it yeah. now, but um, obviously at the time you just got to support it and course, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah, throw cheeky little ways in with the salads and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Just making I'll like a pesto. Girl, I don't know. Do you eat the do you eat butter? Nah. Do you eat butter? Nah, nah. peanut butter. Probably can't do it. Peanut butter. I stick butter in my coffee. Coconut oil. Do you ever put coconut oil in your butter, uh, coffee? Blend it up? No, I've, I've seen it. But Good energy, man. Yeah? Jesus, man. Yeah, yeah, get it. Get, like, feel like, so you wake up, instead of eating, so you'd never eat as well. Mm. Let's say you're in a rush. Um, if I can't manage to get a meal in, and I've got to, like, wait maybe four or five hours, tablespoon of butter, blend it up. It goes like a white coffee, but you're giving yourself a few hundred calories. That fat then is just... It's, it's energy, and it's, yeah. it's fuel. Do you know That's what I mean? interesting. I never... Um, and never the, the key with fat is as well is it keeps you fuller longer mm. do you know what I mean that's the problem with you like when you when people believe fat's bad for them so the avocado is so much better than the, the yoghurt because the you're not going to then satisfy you yeah. you're not going to then go does. and have another little treat nah. 20 30 minutes later after nah. the yoghurt it's going to be something because the avocado you satisfies you you know mm. and you feel that you can feel it in your energy you know and the problem with the yoghurts is again it's uh, even if there's not that much sugar in it it's still that whole up and down and you know come come nine o'clock you're wanting that sugar again because you mm. that's already worn off you well know? if you've had it in the morning let's say if you've had cereal or if you've had you know like coffees and you're lacing it with sugar and oh. then again you've had a snack which is laced with sugar and then your lunch is yeah, sugar, just literally you're always on a yeah you're on that wavelength aren't you up and down waiting for the next rush you're waiting for diabetes diabetes that's what you're waiting for a like. little doctor's message just to say by the way mate you're going to go on a pro yeah, and like, sort yourself um, out yeah, you, yeah, there's just there's not enough um, knowledge of what people are putting in their body, but it doesn't help with what people are putting on TV. Like people are being told that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I mean, yeah, yes and no, but I mean, mm. cornflakes doesn't nah. help you. 
So I, to you know be I mean? fair, I, I, it depends what I, sometimes I don't have breakfast. I'll um, fast. Yeah, and yeah. it wouldn't even necessarily be a fast. So every morning for the last six months, I have like a, a shot. So I basically have like a fresh ginger, yeah. uh, lemon, yeah. like a squeeze of lemon, um, just a little bit of water, and then I have cayenne pepper, cinnamon, and yeah, turmeric, yeah, yeah. blend it up, and then that'd be my shot. And then I just have chlorella. With, a lot of stuff there that's good for yeah. uh, metabolic rate. Yeah, well, iron, my magnesium well. as well in the morning, yeah, um, perfect, and yeah. brain function. And I normally have um, like just chlorella with water, and then sometimes I'll throw in some spinach and kale and yeah. just blend that up. And that literally, and, and that would be like two, three hundred mil drink, and then oh, I won't oh. eat until lunchtime. But yeah. like you say, I think a lot of people see stuff and are influenced by you know, breakfast is the most meal important day. And even if it's these bars that are, you know, like the cornflake bar yeah, or course, whatever yeah, they are yeah. now, they're laced with other stuff. And they're I think all laced for sure. Also, I don't think social media helps like sometimes with, um, you know, like the influence, I think especially with more females, like yeah. the influencers where yeah, you yeah. see that they've either gone on TV shows and then all of a sudden now they're promoting, I don't know where it is, like, you know, these detoxes like, uh, and yeah, teas that, and like a- whatever they are or take a shake instead of yeah. eating like you can't beat food mm. like food, like supplements were there to do exactly that mm. supplement your diet not take over your diet you know what I mean? plus food's definitely going to be one of the main sources that was here on earth yeah. much long, more long before, before that sugar powder yeah was. Ma- much more before is. someone could like, function a powder into a form of what what's the best thing about that is is everyone's on about these like uh, they take these powders and these they that like okay, I'll do two shakes then I'll do um and one meal, I tell you mm. what, I'm gonna create the Mars bar diet. Have a Mars bar in the morning, one in the afternoon, yeah. and one meal, and you'll lose just as much weight. Mm. You can like if you're restricting your calories to like that minimal, mm. you of course you're gonna lose weight. Yeah. Do you know and, what I mean? And especially in the early stages, like you say, it's gonna be a lot of water weight that people do lose. So they're like yeah, now buzzing. So then yeah. the first six days it's yeah. easy for and them, and then after that kilo, they're yeah. like fuck. Yeah. And then they don't feel like they've got the energy when they actually are doing stuff because and they're fucking used it's to. Just, uh, I don't know, man. Look at it as like, can you live? Are you going to eat shakes for the rest of your life? Yeah, or do you want to have a varied, balanced diet and you're, you're healthy? And, you know, the, the key is not to just be a pig in the off season. You know, mm. like, okay, you want to look great for your holiday. Well, then don't come back and be smashing the McDonald's yeah. seven days a week, you know? Like, so I think it's a whole link to everything, isn't it? Like, though, yeah. The amount of time I've had this conversation um, with people and it's like, yeah, but I'm, you don't understand, I'm working in the city, I'm getting a train at six o'clock in the morning and it's always like a, an it's always a form of an excuse, oh. like I've, I've been working this, so yeah, well, well done, are you working Saturday, Sunday? No? no? Okay, well spend two hours or have a power hour, which is an hour of you just yeah. making food for the week or making People lunches for lazy, the week man, or making lazy. snacks if you live in a city or you work mm. in a city that what nowhere serves an omelet no one does like meat and veg no yeah well they'll use it they'll, a lot of people know, yeah. use it excuse, oh, oh, my, bo- my boss won't let me go out or oh, my work's so busy that I can't get out of lunch so you should not excuse, work there if, if your boss doesn't mm. let you have a break then <laughs> no 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 again yeah. that's what I mean and I, no you are right people it's just it forms you know into people, a whole massive ball of excuses of, people are, who are not actually happy with their life will say that they'll mm. be like oh you know you don't know what it's like and blah blah yeah, yeah. It's because, like, you, obviously they, they see the the damage it's doing to them physically mm. and mentally and it's now they're like just trying to like make it okay to you like that nah, 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 yeah, I'm yeah. doing this doing it like you know like you need to I'd I could do that, but a lot of people would be out. Like, they 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 would just be like, oh, you don't. They, they make excuses for themselves, mm. you know, which they will do. And realistically, they need to be like, right, okay, I do need to do something about it, you know. Like yeah. I need to 
I need to take action on my life. Otherwise, what happens is you're just going to be a shadow of your former self. In six months' time, you're not going to be that person you used no. to be. You know, and, um, People use excuses. People are unhappy. They know they're unhappy, but they try and use the excuse to make you see that, like, you don't know what it's like. Yeah. You don't know, like, oh, you're you not don't, in my job. You don't have to do that. Your boss is not shouting. Oh, you, you get trained three times a day. Of course you lose weight. Well, mm. yeah, but I, I, I Yeah, I I've had that, yeah, for sure. What do you mean? I That's all right for you. You're out. You're doing. You're you're, you're active. Like, and I just think, well. But yeah, but you can't outwork a bad diet. Like, I, oh, I, no. I can put on weight if I eat shit. I can put on weight. Mm. You, like, it's hard for me sometimes when I've got to teach maybe four lessons in a row. Where do I get my food in? But I don't mm. go and fucking grab a sandwich or a, a can of coke and a bag of crisps and a chocolate yeah. bar. I'll go and get like maybe some fruit or um, a pack of meat or. Maybe I won't get nothing. I just get a fucking black coffee and yeah. stick a load of pouring or think, cream in it. You yeah. know, like, sometimes that's not associated. I think with people that are like, oh well, do you know what I mean? I've just had a bad day at work. I'm just going. I'm just going to go and have like a yeah. McDonald's, or I'm just going to go and have. Yeah, comfort. it is comfort. And again, it's, yeah, it is in, within the forms of those foods, isn't it? Like, and there's a time and place like, for it. There's yeah, a time and place for sure. I love eating food and Sundays me and my girlfriend we like live by the law that calories don't count Yeah. and I work hard I eat well six days a week and if I'm not having a cut weight I'm going to enjoy some food yeah, you know, I'm going to treat myself you know but that doesn't mean like every day I hit the sofa watch my Love Island and smash a bag of Doritos or something yeah, you know, or sure. a fucking bag of a biscuit box or whatever you know mm. like self-discipline it's going out the window, but that's what you need. Yeah. You need a bit of control. You need to realise that you need to not get comfortable. Mm. But again, like we're saying, you need to realise that these steps that you take every night, eating these biscuits and six months time, yeah. you're not going to be who you like. Do you know what I mean? And no. then once you start hating yourself, you end up hating the world and then you're giving everyone problems, you know? Yeah. So. Question I wanted to ask you. Um, do you feel like mixed martial arts should or could be involved in a school's curriculum from a young age and and if so what what would be the benefits um of that for the kids meant not only the physical state but the mental side of maybe pressures in school or um like you said maybe transferring to your, your normal daily life what do you think i don't think um maybe mixed martial arts as uh, I, I think martial arts i'd say jiu-jitsu 100 percent yeah I wouldn't say striking. I wouldn't allow kids to be striking each other in classes, but I believe like grappling um, can can build so much confidence in kids. And I know now in London there's a few schools that actually have jiu-jitsu as a curriculum. Okay. In the states they have it. They have wrestling and jiu-jitsu is getting into a lot of it, um, and it's starting to come this way now. I tried to do it at the Gilbert School, and it's sort of you sort of get laughed out the door, you know. Mm. Um, but it will. I, I believe it will happen. You know, like it will. It will come about. Um, it's a sport where there's no, there's there's too many pros to it. Mm. Like you get hurt playing any sport, so that, that's the issue with schools is the yeah. insurance and kids getting hurt. But you play football and get hurt in the playground. But again, it's a sport where it's, it's in a controlled environment. If you if something hurts, you get to tap. You get the opportunity to tap. And like for kids, building confidence is the best thing. And if it be curriculum or is selected for certain kids to do. Mm. after school which that's how I tried to do it I said like why don't you select kids from each year group that you think would benefit from more confidence and do it like that um, 
I, th- I think like like we were saying about like it weeds people out. I think if you've got all these egomaniacs, and I don't think you get it too much in schools, but there's always like the person who thinks they're tough. All of a sudden, they get come on, they will come unstuck. Like when there's a smaller person who's able to to beat them, you yeah, know? and um, they'll probably be deterred from the sport. They'll probably leave it and not wanna not wanna better themselves. You know, they'll go back to being the tough guy in the playground. You know, but I think. There's so many benefits for it, you know, and there's a teacher that from the Gilbert he brings his son to the club and he was really trying to press press it in there, like trying to like, you know, let's get it into the school but they pretty much laughed him out the door like yeah, you know, you're not gonna get it in, you know. Um but I do know in London it's started. It has started in London. There's two schools that have it. Are they doing um, it as like a trial or is that as a I don't know actually, on? I just know that it's uh it's been it's been put in schools in London. Yeah. And a couple of schools in West London I think and they, they they get to do it as part of their PE session, you know. Mm. it's a sport, so why not? It's like, a sport so, and like you say, the confidence in that you, can um, build, yeah. that you can build and you don't I guess when you're starting out like at a particular age, you don't know if you're going to be good. Nah, really, you, you do. don't like, know. Nah, especially no for that, good, like yeah. football. Um, maybe I guess from a younger age, uh, even in schools, maybe rugby. From a young age, some kids get the turk because it's yeah. like right, oh, you know, I don't think I can kick a ball and stuff. But you don't really no, know. You don't know because that's the beauty about this sport I'm going to say it but it seems like you're going on about I feel like I'm going loads on about jiu-jitsu but it is for everybody it doesn't mm. matter if you're overweight underweight small tall you find your own way with it you know like everyone's game's different and that it, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are it works for everyone you know I think even if you're very unathletic you can still take to it do you mm. know what I mean you still take away certain things and yeah it's great for confidence but it's great for your body as well you get strong you do get strong you know and there's a reason that the United States are leading the way with like, not maybe, I'd say combat sports as well, but like, there's a reason why they're winning like wrestling and stuff. Like they, mm. they do it from a kid. Like yeah, I was going to say wrestling is massively part I don't even know why I said wrestling. All sports, they're just pushed into doing. Like yeah, they, yeah. they really, really push their, like if you're good at the sport, you do that. Mm. Do you know they, what are, I mean? they are pushed. I remember working there and we at a um, at a team training. Now it must have been under nine girls, and one of the parents come up to me before the first session and was like, "You see my daughter over there? He's like, I want you to push her." And he's like, "If she starts going off, he's like, you push her." He's like, "I know what she can get up to. I know what her limits are like. Push her and yeah. work her." She'll be fine. Yeah. So I was like, "Fucking hell, all right, Jeez, mate." It's a and different then, mindset. And literally, he was right. Like, she needed. She, she was nine, and she needed like pushing. Yeah, like pushing, that was her. Yeah. She was, she was at a level where she could go much more. And yeah. I had to do extra stuff yeah. in training and push her. You know, there was kids there that were struggling to do the standard stuff, but she needed that work. And yeah. if you don't get like here, I think you get a little bit of muddly <sighs> cuddling from parents sometimes, and you're like, you and know, the schools. Yeah. If you know, okay, I don't want to do PE. Oh, okay, don't do it then. Oh yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can go and have a safe time. Yeah. (laughs) The PE in schools now is, uh, obviously working with Coe United for years, the PE in schools is such an easy get out for kids now. You can say, you can say um, little things like, oh, um, my weight. So a lot of things now with schools, schools got to be careful of how they um, they disclose weight with parents. Yeah. 
with oh. parents and also there's other stuff as well in terms of um the health side of stuff with kids now there's a lot of kids in schools that are having like diabetes and yeah. are having other issues schools are so careful with it yeah. because they don't want to get done they don't want to have a, a trouble of a parent knowing a bit of knowledge and going right we're going to yeah. sue you or yeah. you know this is so well i think in the states um yeah, they might be a similar issue but they really do mm. endorse sports don't they like yeah, i mean yeah you, they're doing like they have fucking massive college events like basketball ESPN, arenas mate. full yeah. do you know what I mean like arenas full for college kids to mm. watch basketball and fucking was it there soccer whatever Penn, they do Penn State I think um, Penn State Uni I think it was maybe 90,000 capacity for American football do you know what I'm saying yeah it's ridiculous that's, that's the, like, that's that's like, like college here, here. Yeah. Can, you imagine, can you imagine sixth form here hosting 90,000 people for a football match I mean no <laughs> <laughs> but I see what, but, in but, terms of I don't know maybe here that we are massively behind on that scale yeah. in terms of um, pushing you say pushing not but, pushing that just, um, I think sports showing the potential outlet, yeah. yeah showing the potential of what sport can actually bring yeah. to people like you said and you, happiness yeah well you started out in football yeah. and if you would have said to if you used to go to Co United now and say to um, a kid who's maybe 11 12 years old Mate, you're going to be a potential, you know, anything UFC really? champion, yeah. or you're going to be a potential basketball player in the NBA, or you know, switching sports. That yeah. they'll be like, nah, nah. No, it's not yeah. But sport nah. is such a great tool that it can do that. But and even if you don't want to pursue sport, again, it's just that release, exercise releases endorphins. You feel happy, you feel good about yourself. You know, like you'll probably then be happier if you let's say you're you're really good at maths and. You know, you have to get out once or twice a week and do some like something different and do sport. You probably enjoy your your maths better because yeah. you're you're getting something. If you're just drilling that shit constantly, I suppose of it course. gets like anything. If you're doing anything, even sport too much, it gets a bit too mm. much. I have days when I'm like, fuck this. I don't, yeah, it's but too much. But I think also as well, there's another point that if you enjoy any type of sport, it can be literally from the bone sense of running, netball, basketball and you don't pursue it as a career, when it does come to that job that maybe you don't like as much, if you have something else that you you know, you know are into, it might be, right, I hate my job, but I make time for 40 minutes a day to go running after yeah. work. Then, yeah. like you're saying, you're relaxing that mind much more through that 40 minutes or whatever you're doing or that basketball game, if you're playing five-a-side football with a men's team or walking yeah. football. If you're involved in sport in some form, there is that little bit of release from Definitely. that area life. of your life yeah. where it, it is shit or you're not yeah. enjoying it. So it's massive. And I think that has to be whatever the case may be. And I think, honestly, I think um, if anyone thinks that, um, like if any parent or any teacher or any school believe that um, kids should be able to make excuses for it, I think that's, I think that's the kids failing. Oh, I think that's the school failing mm. and the, the system failing, you know, like, I, th I don't think there's any reason that kids should not be outdoors playing, indoors playing, they shouldn't be able to, like, why would you set a kid up to fail by letting him, by giving him what he doesn't want to do sport, why would you allow him that, like, to think that he has that privilege to even be able to dictate his life, you know, then he goes into, it's actually what's wrong with the world, you go into life believing you're owed something and you say, I don't want to do this, and all of a sudden, you know, you don't have a job and you're hating the world and you're, then you're protesting that you want to be non-binary. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. It comes like that, but you, you keep giving these privileges to people to say no to stuff 
they're the ones that when they get into the real world and they're told, no, this is how it is, they have a mental breakdown. Mm. They like they don't oh and then they cry and you yeah. you know, the people are getting I don't know, let off work because of I don't I don't know, you just you hear about it and you see it how like how how like whipped this world got. You can't say anything anymore. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Everything you can't say nothing because it offends someone, you know, and that's where it comes from. It comes from as a kid being like allowed everything you want, mm. either through parents or through the schools now. And if yeah. if the schools are now letting kids just get away and not be able to do that, that reflects in their life. Yeah. And I now think, they're like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Well, you have to do that. For sure. And, and because you're in school for such a long period of your childhood, like you're saying, it's a, it's a big system. Like, And it can even little, be little things from doing different sports at a younger age. But even, like you're saying, you can't say anything now to offend someone. Like, in America, they have it, don't they? It's like a debate team where they yeah. have like debates in classes and stuff. But even that, in a sense, you're used to someone having a different opinion to what you have, and you're going back and forth in an, in an environment which is safe and you can actually have an argument. Yeah. Whereas now, what you're seeing is a lot of people just have an opinion and it's either forced down someone's throat. If you don't like it, it? Yeah. it's wrong. It's wrong. Or yeah. you don't like it then it becomes into a massive argument oh. and then other things come into play. Like, yeah. you know, people then start going on about their parents from the argument yeah. or it start, you know, going into race or well, whatever it's because I'm is. a woman. Yeah. It's because, um, it's because of anything. Yeah. yeah. It be, just becomes anything. Because we're not used to actually having a debate now, especially with your phones. It's so easy to go and, you know, when you're at school or whatever, or switch off. You don't have that engagement with people and you don't no. have an actual, all right, yeah, you, Conversation, you, you believe yeah. in this. Yeah. I don't necessarily oh. believe in it, but I can understand your view on it and... You know that's fine. Yeah, I, I I actually understand a lot of things, and um, there's certain things I dislike. And to be honest with you, I can let most people do what they want to do. But I just what I don't like is like people that think the road something. And I find mm. that the people that are always like giving out and finding something to moan about, the people that now like were like maybe silver spoon fed like they were given like everything to them and now when they really hit that peak when you know they don't deserve like the world doesn't just give you what you deserve you work for it you yeah. know and like i said people you know they don't get what they want out of life and all of a sudden they just cause problems for everyone else and you know you 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 then try and address them and say um sorry mister and then all of a sudden it's like well how can you assume my identity mm. you know and that's where that shit comes from you know yeah. i I believe, like you were saying earlier, going back to um, the discipline and the training, obviously, that you do, I think that it comes a time, like you're saying, whether it's you've been silver spoon fed all the way from five years old to 16 years old, and then when you actually do get into the real world, it's like, fuck, you're there. Yeah, because shit. I haven't done what happened, and then like, what I mean, my mate was doing, or my mate was doing a paper round to get 15 quid a week, but I was getting 50 quid a week for my pet. Yeah. Like, there comes a point where eventually someone's not necessarily ahead of you, but someone is is more switched on to the real world because yeah. they've got up at six in the morning before done school, that, yeah. done a paper round in the dark, and it's pissing down a rain. I think every morning for fifteen. I or think whatever films it is. like films pick take that as well. They show you that. Like look at Step Brothers, mm. for instance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's exactly yeah. there. Yeah. yeah for two sure. two people that two. That's a great film. Great. Legend, completely great Can't film. Open it. No yeah, one. that's a brilliant film. But, like, it literally is showing that, like, people think that way. Mm. Like, oh, like, you know, like, 
two forty-year-olds sitting at home, and when you're gonna get a job, like, oh, you know, I'm gonna go into the family business. Like, yeah. they think they're owed something. Yeah, for sure. That is literally the world we live in, and I think these films are literally taking the piss out of it mm. because it is so true now. Mm. You know, people don't get what they want. They get told this is what they have to do, and they cause a fucking fuss and sue someone, and it's because of this. And yeah, literally, I just think that you see it in like films now. Comedies are made out of like what is actually going on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, when you when you break it down like that, it is actually scary because that is what is going, what is going on, on? Yeah. but some, it goes over a lot of people's heads but it's one of them things um, getting back in onto obviously on topic with yourself yeah. what what's next for you ah some big news man yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah I get to fight again March 2nd um, for cage wars again in London and I'm not sure where I'll be fighting like uh, somewhere on the card but I know that um, it'll be for the world title so Brilliant news. Um, yeah, I'm ecstatic, man. It actually makes me get goosebumps yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, like, get the opportunity to be a world champion, you know, like a, a very, very big show. Um, and again, like that's something that I've been seeing for a long time, you know, world champion. And again, like um, if nothing else ever happens in my life and I just become a world champion, it's something that I'll be ever, forever proud of, you know, like um, no one will ever be able to say that I wasn't. I'll be known as a world mm. champion forever, you know. And, um, I worked hard for that, you know, and um, it's sort of like it's not there yet. It's not set in stone to be a world champion, but I have full faith that I'll be winning that. You know what I mean? And I'll get that. But in eight weeks' time, I have that belt. You know, mm. um, maybe I'll come back in eight weeks today and show you it. You know, because yeah, uh, I'm definitely gonna get it. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just a, it's another, it's another thing ticked off the to do, the to do list. Um, and then there'll be another goal. Mm. Always goal setting because um, without that constant like pursuit of greatness you're just going to settle them like plateau and hit that wall and so after i get that belt i'll be looking to fight wherever whoever but i want to start then fighting the best guys in the world and i want to start fighting in the states and then it's going to be once they get ticked off the list open the gym and mm. da, 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 you know so uh yeah next fight massive news really big news um it's gonna be a big show london the o2 i love that like um starts to feel more like the, like home now you know yeah. um, and then once I get that world title we'll go go on to some more great stuff you know and just just uh, if I could look at my life like anything it'd be like a book you know and I think um, one thing I, I've ever always done is what I wanted to do and once my life's done and my fight career's done and my coaching career's done and I've had kids and grandkids I think I'm going to have a pretty interesting book you know and that's how I'm seeing it like if it was if someone's writing a book about my life I want people to read it you know and that's what mm. I'm trying to do right now so build a legacy um, world champion come out of a small town and give hope that it can happen to anyone you know Yeah. anyone to do sure. anything you know like whatever you want to do whether it be business or sports or um, anything you could do it if mm. you Believe it, put your mind to it, and set them goals. Yeah, you know, set them goals. Once you get that world championship, the next thing on the agenda is. I mean, defend it maybe, or potentially sign to the biggest show in the world, which would be the UFC. You know, and mm. um, again, like I remember setting goals to say I want to sign to Cage Warriors. That was a dream come true, and I'm not stopping setting goals until I complete them all. You know, so like I said, like. UFC will happen maybe this year 
I think I'll be a world champion this year, and I'm pretty confident of that. Mm. I think there's a possibility that I'll sign to the UFC this year as well. And then um, pursue greatness. That's what it is. Pursue the greatness. Where where does that the next goal setting and the next ambitions and stuff come from for you? Is it something you've always had, or is it as as you developed, as you've got older, or as you've got um, or you've reached new goals? Is it something that you go okay, right? This is clearly working. I think continue to. I just always had this like vision. I was always going to do. I just always felt, even as a youngster, that I just felt that I wasn't here to just work yeah do you know or to do normal I don't, don't think anything in my life ever been normal so I never thought I'd just be normal mm. and I've always wanted to like I like I like being in front of people you know and I didn't really realise that until I found the sports I was going into and then, then it was just those small targets like I wanted to be the best at Essex in my way the best in Essex in my way I did that then you want to be the best in the South East at your way. Then you want to be the best in England at your way. Then you do that. Then you want to be the best in Britain. And then you do that. And it was these constant small goals that this led to this one. I didn't set out to say, I'm going to be in the UFC or I'm going to be a world champion in MMA. Never. But I just set these small goals which were always in reach of each other. You know, If I said from the beginning I want to be British champion, maybe would I have got there? I don't know. Maybe I would have, but... Mm. Would I've got there where I, I, you know, when you put like these little stepping stones in place, I believe you tick it off next thing, next thing, next thing. And that's all that's happened now. And now I'm at this place where um, I'm in a great position where I really believe like my whole life can change around, turn around everything like for the better. Like I can have an, like, I have an amazing life now, but I can give myself uh, the best life that mm. I can envision myself, you know, with these next few goals ahead you know and once they've been achieved and um you know it will be, it will be goal setting once you get to them sort of once you start getting to these real high levels the goals become almost smaller mm. do you know what i mean you're looking for like the small the smaller goals within them mm. um because you, you know you can't set massive goals you get the level's so high then where do you go from there so you set smaller goals you know um and then after that the fight career is done i suppose i start again you know i'll start again and It'll be as a gym owner or a coach, and it'll be to promote or to build a the best fight team in Essex or wherever mm. I'm based. Then it'll be to build the best fight team in England, yeah, Britain, Europe, and then of course the end goal will be to have the best fight team in the world one day. You know, imagine that life. You can become a world champion if you can see that and slowly build towards that then there's no saying in 30 years time I could be one of the best coaches in the world as well yeah you know? so yeah just little stepping and set them, see them I see them all in my head as well you know mm. like, and I'm not thinking about coaching now so I'm not talking about any of that yeah. but I see everything in my head and I'm seeing in 8 weeks time I'm going to win that belt and I'm going to have that belt mm. and I see that and I know that if I can see it I can hold it in my hand do you just tick that off once you've done it? Do you once tick it's it done, off it's mentally, off. or do you have it like on a board? On the board, it's going to be ticked off too. Yeah, ticked, ticked off. off on the board and mentally, um, and then I'm just gonna, you know, that will all, again be just something that I'm for, it will be forever with me, and it will be mm. like I know I'm going to be world champion. So yeah, um, yeah, That's let's let's do it. Brilliant. Well, just to wrap this up, what would you say to people listening that? Um, are 
in a position where maybe they're enjoying their life work, um, not enjoying sport, whatever it is, what would you say to give them a little bit of inspiration? Um, well, not even necessarily just inspiration, give them a little bit of um, hope that they can get out of what they're in and, and maybe yeah. I mean, uh, I enjoy think their life a bit more. If you enjoyed it before, there's always that thing of it coming back uh, anything can be like you know like relationships can be putting you off your work life you know I think mm. you need to figure out what's going wrong with your life first like well there might be nothing going wrong you know that's looking a bit harshly but you need to take a look at what is wrong and what's not motivating you mm. and you either try and fix it or you get rid of it you know there's no you know there's no like you know, if it's a relationship, you try and fix it. If it's work, you try and do things to make your work life better for you, you know. But if it's really not working for you and you're really miserable, you know, there's no, there's no point in getting up miserable. Once you're miserable, the vibes you're giving off are miserable. And then, and you're probably, I don't know, I mean, I, I know certain people, right? If I ask them how they are, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm all right. I've been a bit under the weather. They're always under the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Do you know that? Mm. Like they're they're always ill. Yeah, you're always ill because you're always telling yourself you're ill. You're ill. Yeah. Look, I can't remember the last time I was ill. Well, you yeah. know, I had a little spat, spell over Christmas, but I was still in the gym and I was still working and I was mm. trying to be positive about it, you know. And I, I remember saying to myself, I'd rather be ill now than when it when it comes to the fight camp. Oh, That's how I was looking at like, it. Yeah. I'm getting this out of the way with for the fight camp to be great, mm. you know. Like there's always ways to look at things, and I think. The way you look at the world and the way you view it, a lot of things determine like your outlook and your happiness. And if something is really that miserable to you, cut it. Do mm. you know what I mean? Cut it and you know do something that makes you happy. You know, whether you know if whether it be like you're not happy with the sport you're playing or your work life. You know, there's there's plenty of jobs out there, or um, and sports as well. You know, like there's hundreds of sports. Mm. Or if you're not doing anything, go and try something. You know, try and if you're really unhappy with your work life, maybe go and try and take up an event in the or a, a sport in the evening and give you something, give yourself something to look forward to instead of the sofa and a can of coke and a bag of crisps. Yeah. You, know? you need to just start trying new things and seeing what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And I mean, you know, sports might not work for you, but uh, I don't know. Maybe bingo does or mm. salsa does or. Yeah. Z- Zumba does, yoga does. Yeah. I, don't know. I think that's yeah. the that's the great message is try and try something or yeah, try something anything, different you know? that might take fancy that you might not have thought would do if you were younger maybe um, or even if you are younger and you think right I'm I'm cutting one sport so it's a good message to have. So yeah, thanks um, for, thanks for coming. No, I uh, you, look forward that. to uh, seeing you with a with a title in yeah. in eight so weeks I'm time right. and. Um, yeah, seeing you even even later on with the UFC title, mate. That's the aim, yeah, definitely. We're going to well, push towards that. We'll appreciate towards it. That, definitely. Top man for coming Thank you in. very much, man. Thank you. That's all right. Cheers, bro. Thanks for listening in, guys. That was James Webb on the Harris Health and Mind podcast. Hopefully, you've taken something positive from today's podcast, whether that be using vision boards or setting yourself a discipline to progress yourself moving forwards. Stay tuned for more positive podcasts to follow. Follow James on social media and check out his next coming fight. It's going to be a huge one. Stay tuned. Peace.